Hey, what's going on? It's Chris. I'm here with Stefan. Bro, we need to talk about this messed up thing you did to me this week. What's that? You know what you did, but let's tell them. <laughs> I'm sitting at the office. Stefan sends me this picture of a turkey bacon BLT. Looks like the best freaking sandwich I've ever seen in my life. So I, I don't remember that you've got two locations. So I run down to the Warsaw location to get the delicious burger or excuse me, sandwich wasn't there, but I still got a good pizza. Hoplor, ghost spot, your two yep. locations, Hoplor up in Leesburg. Yep. Historic uh, mill location, uh, 110 year old feed mill. Pretty cool little spot. Super chill, super chill, incredible menu or ghost spot here in Warsaw. Yeah, Ghost Spot, new idea. Uh, we are hosting uh, guest chefs and food trucks uh, for about a three-month stint, uh, bringing you a new menu every three months that way. Unbelievable. I just recently had the pizza. Incredible. Incredible Door Die pizza. does it up Door right. Die, Door Die pizza this month, so good. Stefan, if I want to know where which menu is which so I go to the right spot, where can I find you? Yeah, you can uh, actually find all our menus at hoplore.com. Uh, both the menus for the uh, the original, the mill location, as well as the new ghost spot here in Warsaw. Uh, you can find us physically located at 100 South Old State Road 15. That's the mill uh, in Leesburg. And then 307 West Market Street here in Warsaw, Indiana. Best food, best beer you're going to find. Hoplore Brewing, two locations, Leesburg and Warsaw, the ghost spot, Warsaw. Check them out. Check them out on the web. Absolutely. You can always reach out to us by Facebook as well, uh, Instagram, and uh, all the other socials. Boomin. Boomin. They might take our lives, but they'll never take our freedom. This is the Freedom Cats with your hosts, Chris Black, Seven King, and Jody Claypool. Produced by Jack Claypool Audio, Freedom Cats reviews movies, politics, and entertainment. Ladies and gentlemen, here is the Freedom Cats. Live to us from the Hopmore Studios at Dose Spot in downtown Warsaw. Jody, Jason Brown making his multiple second. He's second, in, he's number in the, two. He's in the two, two appearance club. And me, Chris Plack, we are the Freedom Cats. Meow. Meow is right. <laughs> good to have you, Jason. Good to, good to be here. Good to be head. Jody, good to be head. looking pretty fly for a white guy today. Thank you, sir. Oh, of course, buddy. Of course. We're Rock, here. Rocking the orange. I appreciate it. Is that orange? I'm not a color guy necessarily. You're wearing a pink and blue shirt. Well, so, so here, like, I, I like pastels and I like neutrals. Pastels and neutrals. Pastels and neutrals. Okay, but Just but like, but I'm but I'm I'm not I'm not a red orange. Well, guy. here's the thing though. Here's the thing. I feel like you're trying to position yourself right now as like, a, hey man, I just roll out of bed and off I go. When you are two words, Jody, this guy, fashion icon, <laughs> on a local level. Really, really, I put you up there. Wow. I, I, most of the time I'm just wearing like chef pants and a chef coat, but it's a hot look. Is what I'm saying. <laughs> it, it is. I mean, it is, it's top 10 on the list of, of things to never be caught in public in. <laughs> come on, come on. 
as you may or may not know, Freedom Cats is a podcast dedicated to local talk, politics, pop culture. Every now and then we uh, shift gears and turn it into what I like to call a book club sans book. We've yet to do a book as part of our book club. It's usually been films. Mm-hmm. Um, I think we've, have we ever branched out? I think we did. We did Jody's Conspiracy episode. It's, a, it's an audio medium. They can't see you nodding. That's <laughs> correct. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, so, so, so book club without the books. Uh, Jason, you, you seem like a red fellow. Maybe you'll be the guy mm. to one day bring a book to the... I will. I will try, but I, I will be honest. Uh, I, I have a decent library, but uh, most of my library either evolves around uh, politics, uh, economic development, business management, or like motivational world. Okay. So like my, my library is not a library that a lot of people want to borrow a book from. That's fair. You I know, mean, <clears throat> the other problem, I don't want to speak for anybody else, but for me, I'm going to need like, I don't know, 12 weeks out. Oh, at least. <laughs> yeah. At yeah. least. Like, if hey, if listen, it's over a hundred pages, yeah. at least. Hey, listen, in uh, June of 2025, yeah. we're doing a yeah. book. Try to have it done by then. That's what we could do. We, we could do three books a year. <laughs> <laughs> three. Yeah. We, we, we do, we do media and entertainment and three books a year. No, I love it. Cause that keeps it on, on par. Jason, you are a restaurateur. Yes. From time um, to time. Is there, is there a different phrase for it when you have multiple restaurants or are you just restaurateur? No, I, I think it's probably just restaurateur still. Uh, you, you know, at some point you probably got to start throwing in that, that idea of a little bit of crazy, you know. But uh, yeah, I mean, I, I, th- I think that encompasses the restaurateur like thought really, really well. Yeah, I just feel like, okay, so you could have one and be a restaurateur. You could. You could, but if you had four, you're telling me it's the same name. I think so. That's garbage. Yeah, it's garbage. I think I think it's just restaurant tour times four. I think there should be some kind of designation for no. I I'm agree. doing this. I'm four deep. I, I agree. Right? Because you now you're taking the risk. You're running. You've got obviously you've got one ten craft meadery yep. down on Buffalo Street, Warsaw. Best. Wonderful. Come support us. We'd love to have you. Listen, here's the thing. I don't like to do unsponsored ads. Cause I'm a capitalist. You mean leave money on the table? Got, you know I mean? Appreciated, but not expected. <laughs> right. Uh, it's the best, it's the best meal in town and talk. I mean, I'm talking about not just the food, but the experience, the, right. uh, the ambiance, yep. if you will, best meal in town, the, the, the whole package, the, the whole, whole package. thing. Yeah. We, um, we, we try to build products that are, that are, um, like full encompassing, not, not just, you know, and, and I understand everybody's got their, their space and their needs. And, uh, you know, sometimes we just want a lazy Tuesday night dinner. And, uh, and, and if, if 110 isn't that spot, I, I get it. But we, we want to build a, an experience around it for sure. Love that. So you got 110. You just opened restaurant number two? Uh, well, we, we had restaurant number two project out of Fort Wayne, but That's we actually right. had to make some changes. And, uh, and we're bringing that back to Warsaw. And uh, if you're familiar with, uh, for our local listeners, not not the ones in, uh, is it Afghanistan is is our is our so second largest following. Afghanistan, following? we have about 900 folks yeah, listening okay. now. <clears throat> so unfortunately, um, right. So now, if you really want to talk about the biggest spike in our listenership, Danang every time. Danang. Danang. Okay, good. Shout out to the DMZ. Yeah, I like it. So uh, for those of you who are local. Uh, 
the uh, the new owners of Courthouse Coffee and myself have decided to partner, and uh, we are getting ready to open up an artisan market where we will have uh, everything from a fresh seafood counter to a fresh butcher shop. Uh, we will serve breakfast and lunch. We will have a coffee shop. And then we will have all of the artisan uh, market items available to help you consume those in your own home. Yeah. So obviously I, I know, and Jody knows, because yes, we're of men of culture, yes. you know, what an artisan market, what you sure. can find at an artisan market. But let's just imagine that, you know, a Cretan stumbles on our podcast this week. Because usually, you know, Freedom Cat listeners are the classiest listeners I like it. in the podcast realm. So let's just imagine that, you know, a, a buffoon stumbles onto the podcast this week. What, what, let's tell him or her. So, so really in, in its simplest form, um, think of it as groceries the way they were meant to be. Right? So. Ramen uh, noodles. <laughs> sure. Hot pockets. <laughs> sure. No, just, uh, you know, high, high quality seafood, high, high quality um, beef, pork, chicken. Um, you know, you're not, you're not getting all the, all the crazy antibiotics. You're not getting all of the, the filler that when you, you know, Jody and I've kind of touched on this from time to time, but if you really dive into the food world, the, the food world can get pretty scary pretty quickly, uh, because it is a business, you know, at, at the end of the day, it's, it's, it's numbers they they got to make profits and, and the way that you make profits, unfortunately, is by cutting corners. And, and that's how major businesses get to where they are. I mean, they, they have to, you have to commoditize your product. And so with it being an artisan market, we're going to have uh, a lot of our local farmers we're going to work with. So you'll know where your food comes from. Uh, we'll have experts in house to, to help you and kind of coach you along uh, to improve what you're cooking and eating at home so you don't get stuck with ramen noodles and Hot Pockets. I mean, uh, listen, like, I love that, but let's ease up on the yeah. stuck with. Well, <laughs> under, understand, understand. I mean, you know, everybody's had a ramen stage in their life for sure. But no, but we'll have experts in-house that, that, that'll, you know, set up full meals for you guys to, to make your life a little bit easier. We'll have meal kits available for you. Uh, we'll be able to hook you up with all your coffee needs, all your alcohol needs, because uh, it'll be a, a wine and liquor shop as well, and uh, so really, all of your, all your grocery needs, we'll be able to take care of it. Okay, the milk, eggs, bread. Obviously, that sounds incredible. Sounds incredible because I've always heard that, like, when you're grocery shopping, your best bet is to eat along the outer rim. Always, always, always. get from the outer rim. Never walk in the middle. Yeah, the closer you get to the middle, the worse it is. Yeah. So what I hear you saying is that you're opening up a market that deals solely in the external rim. Yeah, for sure. But it's higher quality product. Uh, yes, I, I would say higher quality, but not necessarily higher dollar. Okay. We're, we're just giving you the, the product that you were supposed to get. I got to be real, because one of the things that's conf always confused me, because you talk about the business, right? You talk about the, you know, we got to make a profit and hey, Make your money. Yeah, I'm not mad at understand. you. I'm not mad at you. Make your money. But I've always been confused as to why the products that essentially what went into it was dirt and water. Mm -hmm. Why does that cost more <laughs> than my you know high fructose product? 
It's dirt and water. <clears throat> so, so you're referencing like fruits and veggies, right? For sure. Yeah. Um, I, I mean, like th this could, this, maybe this is today's podcast. This is why we're here, uh, bud. Let's yeah. unpack this. I, I obviously have my own opinions on it. But the, the, the simplest way to, to say this is uh, government uh, support for certain items, uh, advertising for certain items. Uh, in government, you have people who, and, and groups who are campaigning for very specific items to be sold, and they make that uh, avenue and route way simpler to go from point A to point B. Whereas uh, when was the last time that you saw an advertisement for leaf lettuce? When was the last time you saw a commercial that didn't say got milk, but it said got carrots? Um, there, there's not, there's not groups that are campaigning for fruits and veggies because of what you just said, because there's not a lot of profit in them. Mother nature does most of the work. You put a seed in the dirt and you wait 90 days and all of a sudden you have a carrot and all you had to do was let sun and water do its thing. Right. But there's not a lot of business behind that. Okay. There's not a lot of business behind it. There, there's not a lot of transactions that can happen in that environment. Whereas when you start to get in the middle of the aisles, you start to get into high fructose corn syrup. You start to get into derivatives that have now had to have um, science labs create and um, separate certain items in order to bring it back into to a consumable item. There, there, there's such a smaller business or margin for business on the outskirts of the grocery store versus what's on the inside of the grocery store. When you start looking at like, when you start looking at cereals, why do we eat cereals? Fruity like, pebbles are delicious. You, you say what? I said fruity pebbles are delicious. Yeah, I, well, <laughs> I, you shouldn't eat anything that turns your milk that color, but live your life. Bro. <laughs> yeah. uh, no, it's, it's just, it's tough, but, but, it, but it really, for, for me, it, it's always come down to food is a business. Come and back to why, why shouldn't we be eating cereal? There, there's almost zero nutritional value behind it. Okay. Like, like even, even the ones that, that pitch nutritional value. So something like special K or, or uh, like what, what are the, like the shredded wheat, you know, where you're like, Hey, you're getting five grams of fiber you you could you could supplement that portion of your diet so quickly with something on the outskirts of of the grocery store that the the idea of cereal came out of strictly a profit margin like that that's that's where it came from so i mean am i saying you should not eat cereal no but the question, no, you, you know, I the question was, is like, like, why is there the inside of the store and the outside of the store? And, and, and we all have, we have choices. You know, if you want to eat a Hershey's chocolate bar, go for it. But understand that like 90% of the grocery store is driven strictly on a product that could be branded, marketed and sold. And that's why it solely exists. That makes sense. <clears throat> that makes sense. I mean, there's, there's also that piece where there are mindsets. And I think the folks who have more of a successful 
eating experience have the mindset that, you know, their food is their energy for what they're trying to accomplish that day. And the body needs these, you know, 15 ingredients to be absolutely in prime condition and has prime amount of fuel for his day. Like eating lunch with Jody is always an experience. Mm -hmm. Cause like we've, we, Jody, we, we've, we've had lunch at like wings, et cetera. And I'm, uh, you know, I'm 15 wings, hot sauce, and 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 waffle fries because again, Jody orders a salad and a burger. Tell him what you get. <laughs> I I actually do uh, make a burger salad. I order the that huge ass burger. Yeah. And then without the bun, and double the toppings instead of fries. So yeah, it turns into a burger salad. It's pretty good. Nice, nice. No, again, it's just different mindsets. Yeah, right? it's just, I'm just like. Yeah, it, it's there's again like we live in such a beautiful world that like we have choice, but I think that that's what is so beautiful about it is that you should really be making a choice, and and you're allowed to make bad choices. I mean, like we're allowed to, you know, decide to drink four liters of Coca Cola and not care, but we we shouldn't. On the other side, we shouldn't be like. Well, I don't understand why I'm not getting my nutritional value. Well, it's because you're consuming empty calories that have, have no value to you. Right. You know? No, that makes sense. So like, yeah, I, I don't want to take away choice. I just wish people were more cognizant of the choices that they make. So you're not a guy who obviously you, you are, uh, you know, you're a small business owner, like four deep, mm-hmm. right? Four stars, by yeah. the way, you know, restaurant tour times four. Thank you. Um, but obviously that's not the, I mean, just talking to you and listening to you, you know, you're not, that's not what you have. That's not your sole interest. It's not about, you know, making amazing food and turning a good profit. Right. There's obviously a lot more. Oh yeah. No, for sure. In mind about yeah, this. Yeah. No, my, my, my driving force in the, in the restaurant world, uh, is actually, uh, so like, do, do you ever, do you ever dive into the, like what your like name means? Like, as a kid, you know, like when you grew up and your parents were like, this is what Chris means, you know? Well, I think, you know, I, 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 my name means something by no means did my parents have that in mind. That's fair. When they threw it on there. What what about the, like the Enneagram world? The, the, huh? You're not, you're not familiar. Are you familiar with this? Yes, sir. Yeah. You're not familiar with this? Listen, you guys, you guys have a moment and I'll just listen and learn. Really? Oh, we need to, we need to do a, a, all right. Next week, you he- heard it here. We're going to have Chris fill out the Enneagram and we're going to analyze him. What because is the, what I, I, I want to know. What is the Enneagram? Uh, have, have you heard of the Myers Briggs test? Oh, is this the I'm a nine, you're yes, a five? Yes, 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 yes. I'm a, okay. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. So, okay. So, Jody, what are you? Man, it's been a while. <laughs> what is it? Uh, a seven, which is the. Here we go. Two seconds. We got to look it's this time up. For, it's, it's time for research development here. We're going to uh, look up the numbers. So the guys now are going to tell me what number they are on the Enneagram, which in no way. I, I have my test results saved in, in my email. absolutely no way is this astrology, but with numbers. Absolutely not. No, it's not, not at, all. at all. No, no. You don't follow ridiculous. astrology? Do I follow a straight? Yeah. No. Last night I had to go to bed early because the moon was at half half mast or whatever. <laughs> so I'm a I'm an enthusiast. Nice. Yes. Yeah, okay. I'd agree with that. Versatile, yeah. spontaneous, playful, high spirited, practical. Yeah. And then what, what what are your next two? 
Uh, is it seven and one? I think is you're a seven one. one. So you're yeah. a reformer. That makes sense for sure. Okay. Yeah, for sure. Okay. It still sounds like astrology, but numbers. Yeah. I mean, it is a little bit. I think that's fair. So, so I'm, I'm a helper and an enthusiast. Okay. So when you, when you say like, why, why am I in food? A good portion of the reason that I'm in food is because I I genuinely like building those experiences for people. Like, yeah, uh, you know, if, if you're if you ever come to the restaurant, like at any point in time, like you'll you'll see me like walking around bussing a table, yeah, right? For sure. And and a lot of times, like people look at me and and they're like, "Don't you own the place?" And I go, "Yeah, but who cares? Like, like that's fine." That doesn't mean I'm, I can't bust your table for you. Yeah. Like that doesn't mean I can't improve your experience while you're here. Yeah. Like I genuinely want to do that. So that's the real reason that I'm in food is yeah. because taking care of people, being hospitable and, and being in hospitality, that's, that's what I like love to do. Got you. Got yeah. you. That, that's what gets me going. You, uh, you also rent out a space. We do. The we Vic. do. Yeah. Very we got cool the Vic. Space. Very cool space. Uh, it's a high, uh, there's a high density of poli- there was there was a high density of politicians in town this week. Right, that's what I heard. It it was uh, right to life week. That's uh, yeah, it's what I heard. So right to life, the right to life banquet that happens. I think everybody college. has a right to choose their choices on political stances. Okay, Ooh, I thought that was going a different way. I was like, <laughs> all right, we can get into it. All right. Um, did you have any, uh, you, you had a fundraiser. There was a fundraiser at your spot. You didn't have the fundraiser. Yeah, yeah, like you didn't yeah, throw the fundraiser. Yeah, no, you didn't throw the fundraiser, but at we, some, your space was available to some folks yes. that for this fundraiser, so, somebody paid me to utilize my four walls and my two restrooms. So what I hear you saying is that you fully support every, all the views and thoughts spoken at that fundraiser. And that's great. That's great. <laughs> I, I, <laughs> I don't, uh, take a political stance from a business standpoint at all. No, sure. Just like Michael Jordan once said, Republicans buy Jordans too. Right. So I gotta right. like, I gotta keep the main thing, the main right. thing. And so like, we, but, you have, we, but did we you as, in, in, uh, in, in, in an experience like that, do you get to brush shoulders a little bit with these? Yeah. Uh, I mean, of course, you, you know, you're, you're, um, you know, when you're walking around making sure everything is good to go, it's, you, you get to, to meet people in all walks of life, which is always a really nice thing. So there you are this week in the echelons of local power. How, how are we doing, man? How are we doing? You know? Uh, Times I, are tough, and I, those are the people who are in charge of making it maybe a little less tough. How are we doing, man? I think it's uh, super important. Uh, I'm, I'm a huge, huge proponent for voting. Uh, I, I think voting is a right that we have as, uh, as humans and as citizens that you should not take lightly. And I think it's super important that if you have a voice, if you have a thought, that you need to get out there and you need to put it down on paper and you need to express yourself to your, to your neighbors and, uh, and make a change. So we're screwed. That's what I hear you say. And I ask you if we're in good hands and you're like, I think voting's a great idea. I, I, I think we will uh, exist in no matter what direction we go. But I think if you want to make a change, I think you need to get out there and make a change. I like that. Let's take a quick break. Hey, what's up, guys? It's Chris. Listen, I want to talk to you about some of our sponsors. 
First and foremost, we talk, one, first one I want to talk to you about is JC Innovations. JC Innovations is an engineering service business that provides engineering support for orthopedics and medical device businesses, including medical technology. But this is the thing. This is the thing. That's like saying that Kobe Bryant was a basketball player. I mean, this is, I mean, I appreciate this thing that they wrote up for me, but really, let's really talk about what they're It's complete, total innovation happening in the orthopedic business, right? Where some of these guys are happy with hips, knees, right? JC Innovations is pushing the envelope of technology and innovation in the orthopedic industry. With, with over 15 years experience making medical products, they are prof not just proficient, they excel at navigating regulatory requirements for the, the government, the FDA. Think about all the nonsense it takes to get your product on the market with the FDA. JC Innovations, they've done it for 15 years. They can get your product to market, both and as well as regulatory bodies outside the US. Blessed to be a part of this community, they do their part and contribute it to it. JC Innovations supports helping hands, right? Helping hands. If you don't know about helping hands, helping hands, J Jody put together like an Iron Man hand for my buddy's little girl, Zoe. That's the kind of thing we're talking about. It's not just about pushing innovation, but it's about helping community. If, you're, if you wanna learn more, reach out to Jody. You wanna, maybe you wanna be partner with them, you, Jody, how they can help your business. Contact Jody at JC Innovations through the contact page on their website, jcinnovations.com. That's jc-innovations.com. They're excited to hear from you. Give them a call. Tell them I sent you. All right, we're back. Um, Ola, we were talking. Ola, we were talking about. We were talking about you know this uh, big fundraiser you had, and I'm not trying to pin you on anything. It's just interesting that you know this is one of those times when you know we have all of these folks who are our state representatives, our local representatives. You know, they're all in that room. And listen, we've talked about this, and I don't think anyone needs me to say this on a microphone. It's getting it's getting tougher and tougher out there by the day. It is. Yep. Um, the paywall between the paywall you got to go through to live the life you want to live is feels like it keeps getting thicker and thicker. And I just, sometimes I have concerns that you're absolutely right. Voting is voting is essential. And, but the problem is, you know, who I consider the, you know, the opposition party, you know, they don't put up choice, right? We're not even having a city election in our town this year. We're not even having, there's no, elect, you will not vote. You're not going to the polls vote because there's no one for you to vote for. Right. But, but okay. So, so I, I agree with that. There, there's nobody putting up opposition. Right. But, it's but, simple because I think these folks, sorry, I cut you off. No, that's fine. You know, we have these folks who are, whether it's the, uh, the libertarians or the, uh, the Democrats, you know, who are good for a Facebook post. Right. You know, and they're good for, and I'm sorry, I know you, you know, but I walked downtown this week at this, this week, I saw people standing in front of there, you know, like trying to, trying to get, you know, 
edgewise at these folks walking into the Vic. Um, cool, man. Cool. You stood in front of a place and you, you shouted, but right when it comes down to it, what you said is absolutely true. It's like it, the votes, what counts. And especially in a local election, Jody, because listen, you're not going to make an impact with your congressman or your U S Senator, but you could make an impact with your city councilman. You can make an impact with your state rep. I'm not uh, familiar with what happened. I mean, other than the little bit of uh, context that you guys provided um, when, uh, before we came back on. Uh, and I'm also not that familiar with um, politics in general in the local area. Sure. So um, it's hard for me to gauge um, just the disparity in thought and population. And, well, I'll, and how many I'll, round, I'll round one piece out for you. Uh, and, and, and please, a listener, please, please chime in, send us an email, correct me if I'm wrong. But I'm going to make an assumption that we have never had anything but a right uh, Republican-led city. Is Jeff that, Plank was a Democrat. Plank was? Plank was elected as a Democrat. Really? Oh, yeah. I didn't know that. I didn't know that. All right. Well, thank you, email listener. I appreciate that. I got that. you, baby. I appreciate that. Okay. So how does that, when we're, is that a good thing or is that a bad thing? I don't you, know. You've got like-minded no, it, people. Yeah. Um, who I don't, for the sake of whatever, liking that, that thought process or adopting that thought process through peer pressure, uh, all coexist in an area. It, and so you, now there's this other voice, right? There's this other perspective of, and, and I don't understand how, I, I don't know how big that perspective is. Sure. So how many, for example, how yeah. many of these, how many Democrats are there? And then how many of these, right. like- this is going to sound bad, but militant Democrats are there where they're hyper motivated to to elicit some change either within within the system or outside the system. Yeah. No, I get what you're saying is like, is is there not representation because there's not enough folks to elicit representation? Exactly. Right. 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 right? I mean, we I like I hate that there's not an elect just as a purely as just a citizen. I don't like that. We're not having an election. Like I, I really, well, like it's not that we're not having an, an election. It it's that there's no election to be had. Sure. That's yeah. Right. Yeah. But, yeah, but, yeah. but, no, but, but right. those are you're two right. different you're things. Right. Like, no, you're like, right. You're right. It's like not one like is being saying, like, we're not allowing an election yeah, no, to happen. Right. That's a good And the point. other one is like, we would like to, but nobody has signed up. hundred percent. No, you're, that's a, that's an important point. It's an important point. Where, um, are, the, where are the libertarians? They, they're pretty vocal and active from my perspective. Well, I mean, I've got a very limited access to that party. But. Well, we had their, we had their vice, their vice chairman of the local party here on the show. And, you know, we asked them that question, like, why aren't you, you're asking me a question that I should know, but I don't know. I don't remember. Um, we had their local, we had their vice chair here on the show. And we asked that very question, like, Hey man, listen, cool. You guys have a booth third Friday every month. That's, that's sick. I love that. Where's your candidate? I love your politics. I love what you have to say. I, there's, there's very few things on your platform. I do not support where you at, but, man. But they, they didn't have anybody that no. would, would stand up. No. And I, and I, and I think that a lot of times I think that's the major struggle. Like you, you'll have, and, and this is why, like I go back to the idea of like, if you want to make change, like sit down and talk with people that are on the opposite side 
uh, I, I'm not, I'm not going to use names, but, but there's an individual that, that we both know that he and I have extremely differing views, but we have a wonderful friendship and we have the ability to sit down in front of each other. Like we're talking right now and talk about our differences extremely openly and, and, and not sugarcoat it and just flat out say, I disagree with, with your perspective here. I would like to learn your perspective. And then, then it's flipped and it goes, I would like to learn your perspective. And then you can get up from the conversation and go, I still respect you as a person, but I wholeheartedly disagree with this, this department of our thoughts. Yeah. And, and, and I wish more people had the ability to do that because I think it's very important for, because the only, the only way you can truly impact change, if, if, if Jody doesn't believe that the earth is round. Okay. But I don't know if you do or not. I don't either. I'm just throwing it out there. But, uh, let's <clears throat> use this example. I believe that there's space lasers. No, hold on, hold on, hold on, hold on. Obviously, listen, listen. Obviously, there are space lasers. Jody, don't try to sidestep the question that we're trying to answer. Do you, because Jason says offhand, I don't know if Jody believes that. And I'm like, you know what? I don't, we're 48 episodes in. I don't know where you are on this particular topic. Let's expand, let's unpack this narrative and expand it. So from the physical laws, I, of course, can agree that, the world has to be round. Okay. Okay. It, it All right. It, it can't be flat. I'm being very careful with my words, obviously. Why, why do you need to be careful with your words when it comes to the world? The earth is round. That's pretty. I'm, I'm in the earth is round camp. Okay. That's good. It's a guys. camp. Okay. I agree with you. How many, okay. How many Democrats are in Kosciuszko County? They could probably fit on the top of a needle point, right? Yeah. Um, how many, what is the size of what's the size of the population? Are there more people in Kosciuszko County that believe that the earth yeah, is that flat? Is, that is a good or question. Democrats in Kosciuszko <laughs> County. That's a good question. <laughs> I bet you it's close. I bet you, you know what? I bet you it's a total blowout for the earth is flat. So my, my Let, point, go can ahead. I ask you a question? Yeah. You can ask me anything you want. So, I have tried to have conversations with Democrats in this town. I've had good conversations with with Democrats that want to engage in that open dialogue. And from the standpoint of informing and convincing, there's only one that I've ever run into in this town that's willing to have an open conversation that is informing and convincing. A ton of libertarians, ton of... It's tough for me to say Republican. I I am struggling with the Republican uh, moniker just because... I think there's so many striations now in Republicans that it, you almost have to be very specific about the type of Republican. But by and large, they're open. They like to have that kind of back and forth um, from my experience. But the Democrats that I've run into in this town tend to be that um, yelly, childish, not trying to convince, trying to bully um, type of person, which it's not, there's no value in having a dialogue with that person. And I could be coming, you know, to this conversation because I, I'm definitely coming to this conversation with limited access to that frame of mind. And I don't subscribe to these, you guys, if you've listened to any of the previous episodes, you know, I don't subscribe to this kind of binary right. um, thought of, you know, conservative, liberal, I'm, I'm more of a issue by issue yeah. type of guy. Right. 
Um, but I, I, I have had a lot of interactions with the quote unquote Democrats and except for one person who is very open and just a great guy to talk to, the rest of them have not been good conversations. So I just have kind of settled in, well, it's not really worth engaging in the conversation because you're not going to have a conversation. You're going to have somebody just kind of shouting and is that throwing a tantrum. Is that topical though? I mean, cause there are certain topics I think that any, you know, within, you know, both areas where there's certain topics that there's no room for discussion with anybody versus, you know, so if we're talking about, you know, pro-life, pro-choice, for instance, right? On both sides, there's not a lot of wiggle room for discussion there. People are so buried in their viewpoint on that particular issue that I don't know where the common ground can be found. Mm. So is that like, you get what I'm saying? Like, I just wonder. I understand if, where you're coming from. but if, uh, Because I, I can tell you, there are, there are conservatives who I, I agree with you, like, but there are conservatives too. When you get, when you hit certain topics, it's going to get yelly and it's going to get childish no matter what. So I'm actually going to say something that'll probably ruin my, my future. Going to ruin your future. Um, that's what we, that, that's the kind of energy we like here on the freedom cats. So, so on that topic, uh, you, you, you just voice that you believe that, that it's, it's like a, a, I'm over here or I'm over here and there's no middle line. And, and, and I would actually argue against that. Okay. And, and I'll, and I'll tell you why. Because when you, when you get into, when you get into what the right believes in that topic, the right believes that, that we shouldn't kill a baby. Okay. And, and, and if, if you strip it down, we shouldn't kill the baby. Okay. And the left goes, we shouldn't kill the baby either. And then the question is, is what defines a baby? So it's not that they disagree. They disagree at where the line is because you're never going to run into somebody who's a, who's a right to choice person that is also going to hold up a sign that says slaughter children. The question is, is what defines a child? The right defines it at conception, the moment. And the left defines it somewhere along the line. So, so as, as weird as it is to sit there and go two sides that are so opposite from one another, they're really not. They're, they're standing right next to each other. They just can't agree on where that line is. But if you think of, oh boy. He's, he, I think. Are, Jason, we strap, are we strapping in? I think Jason is hitting the nail on the head here. It's, it's the, when, when the discussion is strawmanned out to, do you want to kill a baby? You don't want to kill a baby. Of course, anybody who says, I love killing babies is going to be the bad guy. Right. But okay. But here's, here's the problem with that argument that you just put out. I'm just, I'm just addressing what you said. One side has picked a point on the timeline mm -hmm. and said, this is the point. Mm -hmm. Now for myself, I disagree with the, that particular point. Like I believe life begins at implantation, not conception. Right. Because, you know, a, an egg can be, an egg can be conceived in the fallopian tube, right? And then you get an ectopic pregnancy and you risk the mother's life, mm -hmm. right? That's, that's 
that is conce- it, that con- conception. I believe that life begins at a healthy implantation. I'm also an IVF dad, right? Mm-hmm. And so my children were conceived in a petri dish. Okay, so what would happen if that if that science person if they accidentally knocked that petri dish no, off? No, I understand. I understand. So let so, me let so, me, let so me, how let does me that on, how does that end up in the court of law? Let me keep unpacking this because you, you go, know, oh shit. No, we, you're we right. just aborted a child. You're you go, 100% no, right. I dropped a plastic dish on the right, floor. Right. No, I get you. Let me keep unpacking this, okay? Because I understand exactly what you're saying. And this is an argument that I've actually made to my congressman and my senator at the at the US level, face to face, person to person. So the problem is, is what you, with what you just said, the problem is, is that, we, you know, you, we say this, these group of people say that it begins at concession. This other group of people get the full freedom of, of picking anywhere on the timeline that it begins. So this side gets a lot of leeway, whereas this side is held to this point. So in that sense, so if you're telling me that, you know, I don't want to kill babies, but you want to you want to abort your fetus at 36 weeks. That's a problem. Or, you know, or even further down the line, like that's a problem. But, but so it, as but a, it, as a, as a conservative, here's, here's where I stand as a conservative. So would this be a good point to say this show is not kid friendly? Well, I don't know. We're having an adult conversation. Now, this, this, you might say that this show is, you might say this show is problematic, like three heterosexual white guys talking about how the ladies should handle their abortions. It might be problematic in that sense. The the joke is that we're talking about killing kids. No, that's right. That's right. That's right. That's right. This is not kid friendly. Right. So I'm not going to go through all the science of in vitro fertilization because, but yeah, if, if, the personhood law, right? The idea that life begins at conception becomes law. There's a whole lot of problems with that, including, um, yeah, including how I had my kids and I still have some kids in the freezer. So like, then I should be held as I should help be responsible for whatever law against putting children in a freezer for a decade. Now, um, I believe that life begins at consensual, healthy implantation. Okay. Okay. So in that sense, so yeah, because there's this whole idea of like a woman should have, woman should have a right to choose. All right. In a consensual scenario, a woman has about five to 10 choices she can make before a baby is involved. And we've lost that. And it goes back to like the free sex movement back in the sixties and seventies where, you know what? Sex should matter. Sex should absolutely matter. It should be sacred. It should be something you you share with someone that you have a level of commitment to, and a and a level of vulnerability and care for. If you, excuse me, if you screw the bartender, I mean, no offense to bartenders, but if you're screwing the bartender you met on a weekend in Nashville. And love you get love pre- Nashville. Shout out. Yeah, I'm more of a, I'm more of a, whatever. Nashville's fine. Nashville's fine. Nashville's fine. Nashville's fine. It's just, it's, 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 there's just, at this point, there's just too many girls on their bachelorette parties. Like it's the, the dense, the, the pollution, the population density of bachelorette parties is way too high. You make it sound like that's a bad thing. No, it's annoying <laughs> as hell. Jody, Vin- I think no, you it's and annoying I as hell. Venmo yeah, me, Venmo me because I'm going to Nashville this weekend. Cause you're specials. I'm with you. Knock it off. 
Oh, okay. So, can, no, can, but if you're if you're on a weekend in Nashville and you screw some random bar, bartender and you get pregnant and he doesn't want anything to do with you, no kidding. Because you didn't care. There wasn't enough care and commitment throughout the entire process. If you're not, why is it? Why is it that the only choice that you should be held accountable for is the one that murders a kid? You had all again in a consensual situation. Sure, that's important. Okay. But in a consensual situation, you had five to ten. You had five to ten choices that you chose that you chose that led to that pregnancy. So, so I'm, I'm going to ask. Please, I'm going to. So, I, I totally understand your your perspective here. So, you're, you're saying that that in this hypothetical scenario, that I don't know. I thought we were supposed to review a movie today. So. <laughs> <laughs> The big, like, Jason, oh, the, big, the, the big win here for you is it is a conversation. No, exactly, and and and, and and that's what I that's what I actually love about it is like we are having a conversation. So uh, today's uh, conversation is brought to you by Look Who's Talking. <laughs> one and two, one and two, uh, three's awful. Well played, sir. So, okay. round, remember so, when the sperm come over there? Like, round, round, get her. Yeah, it was a great. Her. It was great. A, it was a good album. Yeah, I mean, it, Travolta. It, yeah, it's a good soundtrack. You know. Yeah, people say like Pulp Fiction brought Travolta no, back. Yeah, a no. didn't go anywhere. Yeah. B, <laughs> they they sleep on. Look who's talking. Yeah, for sure. Uh, okay, so so you you say uh, along the lines like that there there have been multiple choices made. Hundred percent, right? Which uh, I agree that there, there have like every choice we make today leads us to t- to tomorrow. So again, I'm I'm going to go back to this idea that we're not actually discussing the topics. We're discussing where the line is because, because this is what I was saying. If, if you're going to say, Jason, there were five decisions that were made to get me to the sixth decision. And the only difference that you and I have, or somebody who is on the other side, I'm just playing devil's advocate because Jason Brown doesn't actually have an opinion would be the difference between, is that line at five or is that line at six? Because what you just argued was the five decisions that were made up to this point, why would I allow the sixth one to be the choice that she gets to make? And the devil's advocate position would go, what's the difference between the fifth decision and the sixth because decision? Because deci- everything from five down only involves you. Sure. Decision six involves another human being and we, and you can and, tell me, and, and then, you can tell me it's a, you know, you, not you, but the universal yeah, right, you, right. you can tell me that it's just a bundle of bundle. Of, I have a picture of my children at the glob of cells stage. It's the cutest damn thing I've ever seen. If you tell me not, you're a hater. Um, those kids turned into Sullivan and Charlotte, those blobs of cells turned into Sullivan and Charlotte. You're a, you're, you're a restaurateur. You're a chef, Right all the ingredients that you cook up are going to turn into a meal. They're not going to turn back into a cow or whatever else, right? We don't know the ingredients that you have are going to turn into a delicious meal. Um, so, so, so I'm going to, I'm going to go conspiracy here. You ready? Here we so, so go. Hold Joe, on, hold on, hold on. Hon. Three, two, one. It's Jay time for Jason's conspiracy, conspiracy corner. corner. Yeah. Nice. Nailed it. Okay. So, so you're you're sitting here saying the, those those globs turned into 
these beautiful beings that I have met. And I said turned into, they were at that point is what I, it's my true feeling. It's all the same. But the reality is, is that you believed that they were, we did, we, you can't know the future. No, you can only know what is now. I can know that those that the DNA collected has is growing into a child. You, I know that. You yes, you you can you can believe that that is the process. I know it. No, you can't know anything that hasn't happened. No, 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 that's not true. No, because I can know if something happens ten thousand times in a it row. Doesn't matter. Ten thousand and one is going to happen. No, that 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 changes probability and that changes likelihood, but that does not change the fact that you cannot know anything past the present. The only the only thing other than them not is to they might die. And I've been there. I understand that, uh, but it and, was still and, and a child. And I'm not trying right. to like throw it. No, of course like, you're not. Of course you're not. Of course you're not. No, 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 no. But, but Jody, do you see where I am here? Can I reframe this just a tad or please. try to reframe yeah, it? Yeah, please, please. So there's a point in this nuanced conversation that I, I agree with Jason. This is a conversation, right? Now, the, the, the foundational points of the conversation, um, you know, kill a kid, don't kill a kid, Right. When is it a kid? When is it not a kid? Is this a state's right issue? These are all right. these are all good conversations, but they are conversations. It's not a we can't have a conversation kind of deal. Sure. It's That's a fair. let's unpack Here we are. let's unpack this, right? And I think it becomes a uh, the general overarching theme becomes a we're not good at legislating morality. So let's stay out of the game of legislating morality. That scenario you painted, Chris, where it's a girl making a ton of bad decisions. If you try to get involved in those bad decision-making points all the way up till it becomes an actual legal problem, that's all us trying to legislate morality. The rest of it, once you've defined, okay, this is when we think life has a legal and binding responsibility to society, when we can all rally around that point, at that point, you have a real valid argument to say, okay, you can't, you can't, you can't affect that because that is, it actually is a, uh, an entity that's recognized by our legal system as something that needs to be protected. But before that, it just becomes us trying to legislate morality. I don't think that's the, for me, I'm not, that's not the case I'm trying to make. Like you're free to make all of those. We'll keep, we, I'll go back to the five decisions, right? Yeah, that's you're, right. That's you're free. Whole. You're free to make all five of those decisions and you should be able to make all of those. You should be able to make each and every one of those five decisions. Okay. Right. However, when decision five leads to decision six, that's when it, that's when it's flipped on its, on, on its axis, in my opinion, because now Despite probability and whatnot, decision six, if if led out to its inevitable end, not inevitable because obviously, listen, ectopic pregnancies, things like uh, you know, uh, shoot, um, DDT, uh, you know, uh, stillborn, things of those sort. A woman shouldn't have to. A woman shouldn't have to walk around with her stillborn baby. That's cruel, that's torturous, that's abuse, that's disgusting. Um, but 
decision, if decision six is going to lead to a healthy baby, again, it's not just your decision any longer. But the lo- that's the conversation is, Jeez. is it the glob, right? Is it the glob of cells that you have realized turns into the child and you, so you come from it, this with a more, more of a nuance, right? You have, a, you have a experience that a lot of people don't get to have because they don't, they don't have the exposure, the visualization of saying, okay, Sorry, these I, cells I were combined outside the human body, right? So you get to see them mature and, and, and become the thing that yeah. turns into yeah. the baby. Yeah, science, or health, or excuse me, spirituality didn't make me pro-life. Science made me pro-life. So a lot of people don't come to the table that way. There, there are people arguing that you should be able to kill a baby after it's born. I mean, there's, there are, there's these weird extremes where it's like, yeah, it's not really a baby because it's not sentient. It's not making memories. It can't be self-sufficient yeah. right out of the womb. And it's like, wow. Yeah, but is an 18-year-old eight, gonna... can't be self-sufficient. Now, now, hold up. You want to talk about murking some 18-year-olds. Some of those kids out there, maybe you should be able to That's abort in like the 3,000th trimester. I'm, I'm just saying. I'm, I'm saying I, I, know, I know some mid-20-year-olds. <laughs> that I'm, like, I'm like, how'd you get your pants on this morning? <laughs> I mean, where's that camp, right? I had a 26 year old a couple weeks ago. I had a 26 year old look me in the eye and say, look, man, I'm just a kid. I'm like, you're 26. All in all, it's tough. It's It's it's, tough. I mean, at at the end of the day, it it is, it is tough. And and that is why I'm going to, I'm going to go back and I'm going to say, you need to get out and vote and you need to promote what it is that you believe in because it is, it is something that there is like no, we want you. <laughs> so, uh, and, but can, can we can we put it out into the universe that it's okay to run into somebody who has a different perspective? Oh, please! And, and I, I want you. You to. should. And there's value in engaging with but, those people. That's why. That's why this stuff that drives me absolutely insane. This book. These book bannings. These all of this stuff where it's like you can only be surrounded. No, I feel the way I do because I had conversations. Right. I had. I read things that came in conflict that conflicted with and my experiences. beliefs and experiences that conflicted with my beliefs. And either strengthened them or I changed my perspective right. on things. Right. And that only comes like it's only comes through being tested. You know, it only comes through being forged. And you gotta you have to this idea, this whole thing that we're going through now of the echo chamber. Like I can only surround myself mm-hmm. with people who think what I think and believe what I believe, because that way I know that I'm right. I'm right because the 800 people who follow me on my social media platform like and follow me and give me comments. That's how I know I'm right. No, man, that's not how it's supposed to work. That that's what's dangerous. So, so to, to your point, Jody, hundred percent. I, I think, like, I, I love, I, I love the fact that because I think if you really probably dive into it, I think probably the three of us all have slightly different perspectives on even just this topic, let alone every topic moving forward. But I think this is this what's happening right here is what should be happening in all walks of life. Is that somebody should sit down with somebody else who doesn't see it the same way and go, tell me what experiences have brought you to understand the world the way that you do? Yes. Because like e- even you bringing up uh, like IVF in vitro, that, that's not a world that I'm like overly familiar with. Yeah. It, it's, it's not even a world that, that I, I would, would use as like an argument piece or a discussion piece because 
I've never experienced it. But but you have two children, right? That that are all, both IVF, and you said you have ten in the freezer. I have ten in the drain. But you know, is that what we're calling socks now? Drains. <laughs> are we allowed to make? Jo- it's not a kid show, right? We never can, has. We can never make never ha- never is purported yeah. to be. Uh, listen, uh, I mean. You know, and if it, you know what, if you're listening right now with your children, we're just providing you opportunities for discussion with your kids. Yeah, you're you can, welcome. You can, you can tell them. You're you can welcome. tell them that we have not decided where that line is. So straighten up. And, and your parents, <laughs> your parents did decide where the line was, and you right, made it. Right. So you know, what, kids, you it. thank your parents. Right. Thank your parents. Right. But I, I, I think you, you got to sit down with with people who look at the world differently because. We, we all, we all just see it through our lens. You know, we, we all just see it through our experiences and, and, and your neighborhoods and the city and the States that you like every time I travel, uh, two years ago, I went to, I went to Istanbul, Turkey. As you do. Yeah. It was, it was incredible. Uh, it, it was, you, you want to talk about an eye opening experience going, going halfway across the world and getting out of of what I what I would refer to as like a, a extremely like geocentric sure. like quasi echo chamber, but traveling halfway across the world, going to a whole nother culture of space and people, like they will, it, it will open your mind to realize that man, there's not there's a lot more out there than just the Midwest, yeah. you know? Yeah. Was that uh, that was once constant. Constantinople, right? Uh, I don't know. I know it's it's feels that's right. A, that, feel, that answer feels that's right. A beautiful song, I think, though, right? Yeah, yeah. If you like, they might be giants. Yeah, that feels right. Yeah. Oh, the Constantinople song. Yeah. Istanbul was once Constantinople. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. There you go. Right. Have, you, have you ever traveled overseas? Uh, yeah, a couple times. Um, I was born in Germany. All right. Yep. Um, <laughs> Sehr gut. Whoa! No, I was born on a U.S. Uh, I was born on a U.S. military base in Germany. You're 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 pretty you're pretty pale. Wow! Can can, can we talk about some irony that I've never understood, and I would like some clarity on this? Yeah, please. Wasn't wasn't Hitler? Oh, well, okay. Hold on, we're gonna take a break real quick. <laughs> <laughs> Tippy River Adventures. Listen, you know what I hear all the time. I'm just gonna be real. There's nothing to do in this county. Jody and his boys, they heard you say it too, and that's why they brought Tippy River Adventures to our community. Tippy River is one of the top 10 most vital rivers in the nation. Top 10 most vital rivers. When was the last time you went down it? When was the last time you saw the, that, that vitality just in your face? I took my little boy Sullivan on the trip. We still, it was a, it was a, uh, it was a core memory for both of us. A canon event, if you will. As you travel the multiverse, every Sully and Chris went on a Tippy River adventure, and you should too. Tippy River Adventures was created to take the work out of experiencing. Because, like, you know, it was it's it's tough work going down that river. You know, at our level, it was tough work. So, but they made it easier for us, right? They cut the brush, they gave us they gave us paths to take our canoes down. That's the work that they do. You have equipment but don't want to take two cars, bring your equipment out. They'll make it easy. Trips as short as two and a half hours, they have taken effort and worry out of coming up and enjoying the great river. 
Have a church group, sports team, or family reunion looking for a fun and uplifting experience that you can have together? Come out and share an adventure together, and they'll do the heavy lifting. If you're looking for something to do for yourself or with friends and family, that's fun and easy. An activity that gets you on the water, doesn't require gas or buying high-priced boats or mountain bikes. Give us a try. Listen, I mean, think about that. It's tough living out there, man. Everything's more expensive. JC and JC Innovations, as they partner with Tippy River Adventures, they've got your pocketbook as well as your heart and mind in mind. You can check out the fun experience or adventures. Have some fun on the river. Check them out on Facebook. They got a Facebook page, of course. You can book your adventure through the Book Now button on their website. That's Tippy, T-I-P-P-Y, riveradventures.com. Or you can schedule through their Facebook page. They're looking forward to seeing you on the water. All right. Well, we're back. Um, you know, usually on the show, we have one of those things with like, the, here in the studio, we've got this picture of uh, President Trump. And anytime someone mentions it, we have to erase whatever numbers on there and go back to zero. <laughs> um, we might, now we're, we're, we're bringing, uh, we're going to have to build, build a new sign uh, with uh, Hitler on it. We're down zero episodes starting today. So, uh, Jason, you were talking about an ironic thing about Hitler. It may, maybe not ironic, but you, you said you were from Germany. I, well, I was born there. I mean, yeah, or, or you, yeah. you were born there, and 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 this was uh, because, like, growing up, that there's like I, I'm obviously extremely pale. I'm, I'm light skinned. I I have you know blue eyes and Aryan. I'm, I'm extremely Aryan, right? So so there there's always yeah you got master race all over you, right? There, there's always been that joke your... that like you know I I was like the poster child for for and and I would assume that you're pretty close as well. So but the the confusing part that I've never understood was was Hitler trying to build a master race that he did not fit in? Oh, I get you. Right. Like Hitler, if you thought about like the, the, the master race, perfect, you know, right. Aryan, per, you know, blonde hair, blue eyes, strong, like right. Hitler wasn't it. Like he wasn't it. Like he, he was, he was trying to build a world that by his own laws, he would have been like, well, I guess I'm out. Yeah. Like, is, is that, am I wrong? Am I like help me on this. I I need I need answers. Like I've I've always been I don't extremely know curious. I, I don't know enough. I'm not well enough informed on the Hitler rationale to know what his what how he pictured uh, him fitting into the society he was building. He also wasn't German. He wasn't German. No. Bavarian. He was Austrian. Austrian. Seriously. Yeah. Yeah. Interesting. So he was an outsider. Yeah. You you want to talk about a guy with with motivational skills? Hitler. I mean, Jesus. Well, well, you know what? It's interesting. Genghis Khan, right? That was like 10,000 years ago, give or take. Me not really knowing. Um, It's like been far enough out that like people like bring up the good stuff. You know, now this guy wiped out like 10% of the earth's population. But when you people, a lot of people, when they talk about Genghis Khan, they say, well, you know, I mean, he opened up trade with China, the road systems, you know, he was progressive in his military. And, you know, people start actually saying like nice things about, like if you talk about Genghis Khan with someone who knows, you're going to hear a lot of like, 
yeah, you know, Genghis Khan, sure, you know, wiped out 10% of the population, but I just wonder, will we get to a point? I, I hope we never I hope we point. don't. I hope we don't. I, I mean, I mean, what, what, what would even be the positive things? I am, you are not going to talk about me putting him in a corner. You are not going to get me to sit here and talk about positive things about Hitler, dude. Nice try. <laughs> For the record, Hitler bad, all bad. <laughs> Chris, how do you feel about Volkswagens? I used to drive a Jetta. Weirdly enough, I do actually like them. Uh, I, I used to drive a Touareg for a brief period of time. Well, what didn't, uh, what, what, there's a famous designer, I don't know, that made the uh, Nazi uniforms. I don't know. I want to say it's. Like, oh, like, you, you mean like a, like a fashion yeah, designer? Yeah, like a fashion yeah, designer, yeah. like, you know, like. My understanding was that <clears throat> Hitler was a drug addict. Yeah, I've seen enough Netflix documentaries that back that up. So, so a lot, a lot, a lot of, a lot of his world was just like insanity based on drug. He was from what I understand was he was always, you know, amped up to, you know, 20. Well, and it's kind of given his stature. Cause I, I, from my understanding, I'm probably wrong, but he was not a big dude. He's a little dude. Right. So he had tiny, tiny man syndrome. Failed, failed artist, um, failed at a lot. And then somehow convinced an entire population that these people over here are the problem. These people. And then these people became, well, you know, we can cure this problem in the surrounding areas. And it became, okay, now we're, right. we're the driving force for good in the world. Yeah. Now, where have we heard this? Mm, thank before? you. Thank you for the bringing that back. So to that point... And this is why I think it's so important that we sit down with people from different perspectives, because the only way that we can be beat is if we allow ourselves to have an enemy. Yeah. When did it fall apart? When like, did it? Yeah. So let's just say for it. So here we are 21st yeah. century 20 and discourse. I'm talking about discourse. I would, I would tell you that I would, you know, September 10th, 2001 was, was the sanest part in my lifetime of the discourse and that that event started the tumbling. You said the sanest, like the sanest portion. Like if I could go back and like the last, like when it was like, we're all pretty, it would be the 10th of September. 2020 Interesting. 2001 I think I think September 11th you know in in the sense of like the long game well I, I want to know your perspective won. here because I, I I have I have a huge thought here mine's probably going to come across as weird but when we're talking like general sanity and and um, the ability of uh, multicultural uh, appreciation it's when comedy was the strongest I just look at it as a comedy as the barometer for how healthy a society is. Sure. How, how much can we get away? Com comedic? Yeah. Yep. Well, because they, they're the, they're kind of the vanguard and leader to those sensitive nerves, right? Those sensitive issues and the hammer on them. And the more than they, they can get away with, the more society is just kind of open to the these kind of hard conversations. Mm -hmm. And like you said, the tribe becomes bigger 
when you can have a disparate perspective from somebody else and you're willing to learn about that person's story. Mm-hmm. You're, you're willing to hear them. And I think, so just think about when was comedy the best it's ever been? I mean, if you're going to go, if you're going to go like strictly like SNL days, you probably have to go what, like mid seventies. Oh yeah. Going way back. You know? Oh, we're sleeping on a lot of great casts in the nineties I mean, and the early two thousands. Well, okay, fine. Yeah. I mean, nineties yeah. and two thousand. Yeah. You're talking like That's the strange. Jimmy Fallon, like Molly Shannon world. No, no. Farrell, uh, Farrell, Farley, my, like that. Oh, so that right. Yeah. Hartman. Okay. Yeah. Hart, Hart, Hartman. Yeah, That's Spade. True. That's true. Sandler, See, I, I, I was Sandler, I was going back to like Farley. Chevy. Uh, yeah, you Richard Pryor. Yeah, yeah those yeah. early ones, but they get a lot of like love that like the Beatles get. You know, it's like oh the Beatles. So, you know, uh, interesting fact, and maybe I'm wrong. And please, uh, e- email listeners, please please check. I'm taking out my phone right now. Please like and share, like and share, like and share. How how, how long did the Beatles actually play music? I, I, I heard years. some interesting like statement the other day that it, it, w- it was like extremely short well, Re- looked, relative hey, well, to like what we well, think. Well, you looked that up. I got to tell you a quick story that I don't think I told you. So my Netflix algorithm is trying to send me to jail. <laughs> <laughs> Build this out. No, I'll tell you. I'll tell you right now. So I'm a big documentary guy, as you know. So I'm flipping on the Netflix and there's like, hey, here's a, here's a Unabomber five episode thing you should watch. I'm like, absolutely. That's fascinating to me, Ted, because that that Mm -hmm. whole thing is fascinating to me. So I watched this Unabomber thing and then there's like, Hey, here's a, uh, here's, here's, here's a, here's the Ike, the Adolf Eichmann trial. That's a really good documentary if you haven't watched it. Well, I did, Jason, I did watch it. And then, and then, and then, and then there was another one that I'm pretty sure now we'll just, yeah. So there was, yeah, so those two, we'll just go with those two. Cause there was one more and I can't remember what it is. So now I know I've been tagged by whichever FBI warlords watch me. I watch a Unabomber thing and then a Nazi thing. Did it, did a little window come up and say, would you like to be on another list? Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Please no, subscribe so like, here. But again, I'm a, I'm, 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 I'm the algorithms, bitch. Like the algorithm tells me what it's like. Netflix, 98%. Like, okay, if you say so. And I watch it. And so my algorithm is trying to send me to jail, bro. Re, re, I, I think you have a bigger question. Uh-huh. I think you're trying to send you to jail. The algorithm's just telling you. So should I be concerned that all of my feeds are like cult Netflix specials. No, it's fine. <laughs> my, my, mine, mine consists of mine consists of Seinfeld, uh, ancient aliens, and like documentaries. Like mine's mine's. I I I, I watch such little TV. It's unbelievable. Seinfeld. Yeah, Seinfeld just made it made not, its way to Netflix. Not the show. Not the cultural legs. I would have thought it had. When was the last time someone was like, yeah, I watched Seinfeld on Netflix and it was, it's not, it's not there for me. You really, you watch a lot of Seinfeld still. It's, it's like what I fall asleep to. Is that right? Yeah. It used way back in the day. It used to be family guy. And then it, then it became the office. Uh, and now it's Seinfeld. This is a natural progression. The, the office is fine, but there are too many people that have made the office All their right. personality. Hold on. There are too many people who have made the office their personality. That it like it's one of those things where I like the source, but like the fans of the source turn me off to the source. It's com- most common with bands. 
like you'll listen to a band, you'll be into the band, mm. and then someone else gets into the band. And you look at that person, you're like, well, fuck, if you like this band, I can't like this band. Was, that was Dave Matthews for me in college. Yeah, I see that. Like I, like, I showed up and everybody was like, Dave Matthews bands is the greatest. And I'm like, they're good. But like, there's a lot of other good bands that exist. And they yeah. were like, no, they're the everything. Yeah. And a lot like, of, okay, like, I worked at a that, used I, record store in like, late high school, early college. And so you'd get exposed to a lot of bands before. Like I have a Blink CD that it's just Blink. Before they it's had not to turn at the 182. It, before the, uh, Cheshire Cat says Blink because they used to be just Blink and then they had to change it to Blink 182 because wow. some like Euro trash I would like to see that. Um, so I was like really, and then like, you know, they became this like pop punk kind of thing. And like, I still liked them, but there was like this culture of the used record store where like you weren't supposed to like them anymore because they became popular that's a real that's a real no thing. that's a real thing that's and it's sad thing. it's like the, the the minute you actually make it all of a sudden it's like no i can't do it anymore Sold out. so 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 we only we only promote the we only promote the the run up the hill okay quick game sorry beatles oh yeah they I'm, only played music together as a band for seven years and seven months did you know that that's wild one of the most impactful musician musical bands in our lifetime or hit like even history. They were together for seven are you a years fan. Like, are you a fan or like, do you like, when, do you just listen to the Beatles? And in, in high school, I owned Beatles albums. The worst thing I ever did ever to another human being has to do with Beatles albums. <laughs> <laughs> what? what in God's name is this? I'm serious. This is the worst thing I've ever done to another human being. So same thing, used record store, right? So one day, it's just dead. During the day at a used record store, just dead. This kid comes in and he's got, he comes in just with crates and crates oh, of the most you beautiful, them. of the most beautiful, complete Beatles LP and EP vinyl collection you've ever seen in your life. I'm talking about all of the domestics, all of the imports, all of the EPs, all of the imports, the 45, the little single. I mean, it was, bro, it was everything. It was the one, I can't remember which album it is, but there's one album that like the US said, no, this cover is too provocative. So they made, made them put a sticker on it. This one was sticker free. I mean, it was beautiful. Kid comes in, kind of tweaking. You could just tell there was something else going on in this kid's life. I give him a hundred dollars. Oh my gosh. And then I immediately buy it from the store. It's mine now. You own it? Hold on. Hold on. So this is like 97. Like I just start selling it. I clear like six grand on this thing. And that was like quick sell. I'm just trying like eBay kind of thing. Other people. Two weeks later. No, it wasn't even that long. It might have been five days later. This old, probably my age now, comes in. It's like my son is going through a lot of problems right now. And I think he might have brought my records in here and sold them. Are they still here? Now, in this moment, fellas, in this moment, I still have all... The, at this point, I hadn't sold them yet. I still have all the records. 
and he asks, he says, Are, is there any chance? Now you like this, this collection was built over time. Oh yeah. With and, and, money and thought and thought yeah. and love. This man, a, a good portion of this, of his life, this man spent putting this collection together. I looked that man in the eye and I said, no, sir, I'm sorry. They, they've been purchased. I'm so sorry. Did you have a like a cat that you were petting? Yeah, throws a shoe. No, no, make sure it's on low. Make sure it's on low. Okay, so that is that is the worst thing. That's the worst thing I think I feel like I've ever done. Oh, that's tough. I must peed. You look at you. Look at your eyes right now. You think less of me. No, I don't think less of you. Um, I, you know, I think somewhere deep down inside, I probably assume that kind of story. Oh, really? You already knew going in that yeah. like Chris I mean, is the kind of guy. Yeah. No, I, I, it's, uh, you, you know, so like go, going back to like, I, I like to like bring it back like full circle, like going back to perspectives about bringing you where you are today. You know, life's about experiences. Like yeah. you, you're, you're not, you're not asked to do everything right from the get go. You, you, you have to have scenarios that mold you and, and you use the word forging earlier that forge you into like where you are today and, and what you are today. Like we, I think so often we get lost in this idea that we're, we're just supposed to like know the journey. And it's like, no, the, the journey is the life. Like absolutely. Yeah. The screw ups are yeah. the life. Yeah. Allow the scripts to happen. Sure. And then, and then mold yourself from them and be a better person after that. Well, them. let me tell you here, here. Now, let me tell you why I'm a good person in light of that story. It's been 25 years, close to 30 years. I could, at this point, I could curate that story however I want. You don't know this man. Right. You don't know his child. I could change that story and say, you know what I did? I gave sold him back, back to him. I gave him right. back to him. I just asked for a little bit extra money. And right. that's why I'm a good person. But right. no, I'm real with you, dude. I, you see it, you see it. And that, I'm good because I'm real. Uh, you no. got to let, you got to let the story harsh, my friend. It harshed out beautifully. <laughs> don't, don't be trying to anti-hero this thing. <laughs> Give us your good side because you told us the real story. No, you're no. a bad person. That, that's just right. own it. Just own the fact that you're a terrible villain. Terrible villain. Villain. So Hitler's poster child. Whoa. So, so uh, speaking of full circle, now you've got a third restaurant. Oh Jesus! <laughs> Wait, no, no, we got it. No. Ah, we 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 got on this topic because we were talking about Hitler. Yeah. No, right. I feel like we covered Hitler. You want to get back into Hitler? No. <laughs> yes. And I'd like to build out the thought process that you were going through when we were talking about. So that whole thing. My 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 thoughts there were it it it, it was it was interesting. It was interesting that somebody who didn't even fit the mold could could find a way to motivate people to support and follow him right and then if you if you draw that connection to today's Today, world yes. right where where you go and and we had kind of touched on this and then we kind of got on segue but 
when you said uh, September 10th was like the last time that you like felt good about our world, right? Or, or felt comfortable. There's pockets, but yeah, yeah I mean, I, I feel like it started to get shaky. I, I, I think what, what we have to learn from like, uh, fr- from even like the, the, the Nazi Germany, Hitler environment and, and the correlation to today is that, that the only way that we as people lose is when we allow ourselves to believe that we have an enemy and, and, and so even when you would, would chime back and, and say, you know, September 10th, like our environment felt good and, and, and our economics felt good. The reality was, is even in September 10th, we still had a common enemy. The difference was, is that our common enemy was not on our ground. And today, our common enemy is our neighbor. It's not overseas. It's not, it's not a... It's not a, a different country that we are so far separated from that we don't feel like our daily lives are impacted. What we have done or what we've allowed the government to do or what we've allowed certain people in government to do is draw that line with our physical neighbor. And, <clears throat> and now, because throughout history, we've always had a common enemy. We've always had a common enemy, and 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 there and there there's there's leadership tactics about this, where if you don't have a common enemy, you cannot build the internal culture that you want. So so th- there's there's a book. It, it's called. Um, oh, I'll bring it in next week. Um, but th- there there's entire like teachable processes in business, in government, that if you create a common enemy, it will create a stronger, stronger stronghold at home. Most of the time throughout our history, we've created that common enemy outside of our land. And for the first time in an extremely, and when I say extremely, I'm talking probably 150 plus years maybe since the, the, the actual like civil war, right? That common enemy is now in our backyard. And, and it, is, it is now a person who doesn't see life the same as I do. But, but even if you go back to September 10th, who, we, who, who were we at war with on September 10th? And, and you're going to say, well, it wasn't the terrorists because that didn't happen until the 11th. But the fact was, is that's not right. We were in. No, well, I think that I, again, now I'm trying to remember back again, we're limited to what we remember in our experience and stuff because we don't plan for what we're about to talk about. So I didn't do any kind right. of research. Yeah. Like I remember during that period, it was like, like Serbia, Herzegovina was at right. war, but we were good. Like, we we were good because it wasn't on our on our no no, our. no but like we 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 had people there but it was it's a forgotten kind of a time right. where we didn't right. have a major thing going on, the economy was strong. We came out of the internet boom and you know those years and so the economy was fair, much stronger than it is today. Um, your point's well taken. The only thing I want to the only thing I disagree on is that it's government stoking these fires when I think it's corporations. 
I think because the money is found in divisions. Sure. Now, now, because and the reason is is because the people, the government is bought and paid for by those corporations, and so there are you know, and there are gambles that are taking place. And I think the socio, the socio, the socio differences part is part of corporate. Just this week, Disney came out and said, you know what, the socio. The social, the sociological, no, but the socio-political stuff that we've been dabbling in, we're done. We're done. We're not going to start. We're we're backing off of trying to make insert message, you know, and and push it push an agenda in our cartoon in our cartoons. I mean, they they kind of tapped out a little bit this week in their their earnings call, their end of the quarter earnings oh, it, call. It only took them one hundred and fifty years to. Well, that, no, stop, that's a stop being. Racist, have you seen the Have you seen the Pinocchio? Have you seen the Pinocchio Epstein Island video that's going around? No. <laughs> not to say that Pinocchio was. Connect. Un- unpack not, this. Unpack this. Build this out. Chris. Okay, so there is a scene in the 1938 Pinocchio cartoon where the fox and the old guy are talking about Pleasure Island. Right. And you'll go see this scene. Go see If you haven't seen the scene, cue it up. Uh, this thing's been going around. So they're talking about sending the boys to pleasure Island and the Fox is like, Oh, and the Fox is like, you know, talking to the guy and he's like, we're sending boys. And then the old guy's like, but when they leave, when the boys leave pleasure Island, they're not boys anymore. And he turns into like this devil kind of thing. And like you watch it through an Epstein Island kind of a lens and you're like, holy, this is crazy. So can I, can I build out, I think a, maybe reframe a little bit what Chris or Chris, what Jason was saying. So there's an intentionality in how we draw the tribal lines. White lines, I'm sorry. Tribal. Tribal. So, so instead of just making the earth, the tribe and everybody just defending each other, um, we've we've built out these fractured tribes in which the person you're most related, you're able to relate to the most, doesn't live anywhere near you. Mm-hmm. You're fighting against family. You're fighting against a church. You're fighting against all the things that um, promote localized and communal living, and it seems intentional. It could come from. People say it's the corporations, it's the government. I think those are one and the same, right? I think there's investment firms and insurance firms, and I'm going to get on a whole soapbox of conspiracy looking at these I'm sorry, I'm sorry, I'm sorry, I'm sorry, I'm sorry, I'm sorry. Three, two, one. It's time for Jody. We'll do it again, we'll do it again, we'll do it again. It's time for Jody. Three, two, one. It's time for Jody's Conspiracy Corner. Brought to you by Travis McConnell Law Firm. Travis McConnell, when you need a lawyer, here's the thing. You might want to do this law thing by yourself. Because I did. I looked at it and said, it's a bunch of paperwork that needs filed. I have. It's not worth it. You know what? I'm not wrong, but it's not worth it. You need a lawyer. Best money you can spend. You need a lawyer. And Travis McConnell, LLC, lawyer here, he's, he's the guy to go to. He's been a longtime sponsor of the Freedom Cats. Uh, he's doing other things. He's got the co- he's got the he's he's, he's got, got the, city he's, market. He, he's he's my partner in courthouse the courthouse city market. That's not what they're calling it, but this I'm trying. Dude, he's a community builder. Yep. He is. Building he's community. all about community. So anyway, 
Jody's Conspiracy Corner, brought to you by Travis McConnell. And also Law. check out Studio Couch and Little Red Barn, two new podcasts in the Freedom Cats Network. Absolutely, Freedom Cats. Uh, I checked it. those out uh, last week. Super impressed. Yeah. Super impressed. We're a network now, dude. I love it, man. We're a network. All right. Jody, Conspiracy Corner. Here so we go. There are multiple systems at play that are preventing us from being able to build or to disincentivize us from building that communal network, that community. Love your neighbor. Know your neighbor. Hang out. Go to church. The first thing they did when they started this whole pandemic thing, shut down the churches. Why? Because when you have a lot of brains sitting together, communing with each other, there's solidarity. There's people saying, well, wait a minute. We're stronger together. Mm -hmm. They don't like that. I, it doesn't matter if you're talking about Sun Tzu's Art of War or Robert Greene's, you know, Laws of Power, or you're talking about, you know, uh, Miyamoto Musashi's Five Rings. You're talking about strategy. They all said the same thing. And you're right. You have to be able to define your enemy. That's what builds the motivate. There's two things that motivate men. This is a Napoleonic thing, fear and interest. And if you can't capitalize on the interest, then motivate the fear. Mm-hmm. And they've been motivating fear for a long time. And I think you're absolutely right about that. Well, t take it a step further. What, why, why, why do we live in a, in a world today where the moment you turn 18, your driving force is to move out of your parents' house? Well, that moving force was behind me at that point. I'd, I'd, no, 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 no. I'd have hung out at my parents' house from 18, 19 to 24, okay. my dad said to me, I have broken your plate. I have bent your fork. Get out of my house. <laughs> I love you, but I'd like That's to right. start loving you from afar. Right. So, but, but, but that philosophy is instilled from a much like bigger picture. Right. But I think it's, it's, it's an anti, it's a little more antiquated is the, I think the, the issue, I think there was a time when at 18, you could make a go of it. You could, you could have a, you could get a job, you could get married that, and that job could sustain you and your wife or whatever. I don't think we're there anymore. I don't know what you could do at the age of 18 besides like playing in the NBA. Well, I mean, hell you're still a kid at 26. So oh, fucking hell. This guy says to me, bro, I'm 26. I'm just a kid. Yeah. I was, I wanted to. Have so, him. I mean, I, I, I at, at 18, you're what an infant. Jesus. You know what I mean, though? I think yeah. at 18, there was, a, there was a time when at 18, you could make a much yeah. stronger go of it in this life than you can today at 18. Is yeah, but yeah, 100%. But, but I'm, I'm taking Jody's conspiracy even no, further. No, hit me. By simply saying the, by, by the way, we, uh, we, we wake up on Saturday mornings and enjoy some, uh, some beautiful hop lore Poplar uh, snacks. They got, this, <laughs> they got this awesome kitchen. No, we have breakfast brews. Yeah, we have breakfast brews. It is what it is. I was I was told not to say that. No, you there. weren't. I'm, no, you're it. fine. Um, for anybody who wants to sign up for the <clears throat> Freedom Cats Network and be part of our breakfast club, there's a lot of amenities. There are some amenities. I ain't gonna lie. Not don't lie. No, it, it's don't it's, like, here's it's the thing. Here's it's the a thing. good here. The, the thing that we, the, this the thing, is one of the amenities. The thing that we like almost <laughs> as much. Here's the thing that we like almost as much as freedom. Truth. Mm -hmm. 
That's right. That's right. Yeah, truth and freedom. Right right now, right now, I'm I'm, I'm drinking a a breakfast red lager, and it's uh, 11:30 on a Saturday. It's not bad. You can't drink all. It can't be day drinking if you don't start in the morning. You're right. Amen. So going back to my point, I think that the idea that we're pushed to all live individually and live very separate lives and not live in quote unquote tribes or villages is is the idea that it's concerning to those that are in power because if we do all actually sit in a room together like the church like you were saying during the pandemic and we do actually all talk to each other and go hey i don't think this is a great idea and we all of a sudden we have 400 and 500 a thousand people that walk out and go i don't think it's a great idea that's dangerous to anybody in power. It, it always has been. Like, I, I made the mention about maybe we should talk about capitalism this week. If, if you really dive into it, the idea of separation is a key component to the success of true leadership. It is. So, promoting the idea that 18-year-olds should leave the house and go buy their own home. You're pulling them away from their parents. You're, you're, you're making it three individual people instead of one group of three. It's way easier to confuse three individual people than it is to confuse one group of three. And, 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 I, and I believe that our system is built to reinforce those ideas so that then we can go back to this idea of, of a common enemy and who is this common enemy? Because if you divide us, we're weaker. hundred percent. We're weaker. Like even, even us having the opening conversation about the whole right to right to life or right to right for choice. The idea that we even have to have that discussion is just a proponent to separate two people from one another. Because because now now one person on one side looks at the other and goes, yeah, you're an enemy. You go, are you really an enemy? No, you view one thing different than I do. And you, it's not even all that different. We both agree we shouldn't kill children. We just don't agree on what a child is. I, 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 heard, I heard in uh, Ricky Gervais, he was interviewed by uh, uh, Stephen Colbert. And apparently Ricky Gervais is like a, a atheist. Yeah. He's an atheist. And, and Stephen Colbert is, is Catholic, Catholic and, and, and practicing. And uh, Gervais's like description to, as to like how to explain, how to explain the difference between an atheist and a Catholic. He goes, Stephen, he goes, there, there's thousands of deities that we've potentially believed in over the years. Right. And he goes, yeah, he, he goes, so, so for argument's sake, let's say there's 3000 and he goes, but you believe in one, you believe in one as like the, the thing. Shout right? out to Yahweh. Yeah. Shout out to Yahweh. And he goes, the only difference between you and I is that you deny 2,999 deities. And he goes, I deny 2,999 deities plus one. And he goes, that's the difference between you being Catholic and me being atheist is one thing. 
I mean, I, I get the point. I get, I get the point he's trying to make. I would say that, you know, being a Catholic versus being an atheist, there are like, you know, tenfold different well, disagreements there's, there's that different fall pra- There's different practices. No, but, I get what but, you're saying. No, no, no you, I get what you're saying. I get what you're saying. I get when you, you know, when you take anything out to the <clears throat> macro, it becomes way more easier. Here's a different way to look at it. <clears throat> so for the last many, many years, As a conspiracy guy, I've been trying to raise the flag on a lot of different things. But ultimately, the solution to all those multiple different things is a community, like a tight-knit community that is almost entirely self-sufficient, that has enough draw that people come to the community to benefit from. Think of it like Amish, but with electricity, right? Sure. Something like that. Yeah. Okay. Okay. but that's the solution. The problem is when I go talk to, and it doesn't matter if I'm talking to my family, I've got a family that owns a huge farm in Northeastern Ohio, or I'm talking to any other family or talking to friends, they have this attitude of, I'm fine. I'm fine. I'm good. I'm fine. And I'm like, yeah, okay, you're fine. This little, this little compartment we put ourselves in where I'm fine prevents us from recognizing the separation that's been created because the only reason they say I'm fine, they're not fine. Nobody's fine. Everybody wants to be connected. Everybody wants to be a Mm -hmm. part of a community. Everybody wants to um, have some sense of value. Purpose. Purpose. Right. But they're told you're fine. And so they repeat it. I'm fine. I'm fine. It's like, okay, well, you're fine until you're not fine. And then what happens? Until you can't get eggs, what happens? Until you can't get right. power right. or water or you need medical care, what happens? You're, you're going to look at your neighbor who's struggling and you're going to be like, well, I'm fine. They should have made better decisions, yeah. right? That's the rationale. Mm-hmm. As long as right. I'm fine, everything's okay. It's like, well, they should have changed whatever they did in their life to not be fine. It's like, well... Or maybe we're more durable and resilient if we're working together. Oh, for sure. And so the messaging is, the resultant is that. It's like I hear it all the time. I'm fine. I'm fine. Well, if I'm good, I'm fine. And, you know, you just have to figure out your own thing. It's like, okay, but realize you, you feel like you're half acre lot, just like me. I've got this little tiny lot in this little subdivision. And I'm like, eh, you know what? This isn't great. Even if I knew all my neighbors and we all coordinated, we're still, we still need to expand out our connectivity to the rest of the community. This is why the community argument for me has always been so important and the biggest threat. Well, yeah. it's the biggest threat to the corrupt puppeteers. Again, Jody's conspiracy corner, but it's the biggest thing, right? The Amish don't fall prey to the insurance industry. Why? Because when they have a problem, everybody comes together, they pay the medical bills, they figure it out. Right. They, they, don't, they don't fall prey to a lot of things. Um, for those of you uh, who are in a different part of the, the world. We don't care. Uh, who, You're talking about like 40 clicks north of the Mekong Delta in Da Nang? Da Nang. Yeah, in, in da Nang. What's Shout up, da Nang? out. Hey, you know what? Shout out to the DMZ. 
to to those of you that was a that was a that was a strip of like 60 miles that was free of violence yeah it was a demilitarized zone you know and our people in denang they they made it through this and they made it through so many other things that's why they listen please google what an amish person is and then know that um we we live in in their area, uh, a lot of them. The thing, yeah, we do. Fr- frequently, we have yeah. to dodge horse and buggies on the highway. The thing that terrifies me, to a certain extent, is just how weak our communities are. Just weak. Think about this for one second. Think about this again. That we're gonna weak look. or fragile. Both, right? Yeah, Both. right, right. Think about this. Think about this. Think about this. What if we lost internet in Kosciuszko County for my cell phone still work for three months? No, we lost (laughs) internet in Kosciuszko County for three months. What kind of damage would that do? I think it'd be good for us. Uh, Okay. Socio, socio, you know, neighbor to person to person and things like that, but like businesses Mm -hmm. and everything else, we lose internet. It's Armageddon. You know, and as we move forward, right? Like, I mean, all of us are in an industry or work that is dependent on, in a large part, to like one industry, right? So let's just say, you know, a major mm-hmm. operator in the orthopedic industry, I'm not going to name any of them because I'm not trying to cause panic too much, but let's just say one of the major operators in the orthopedic industry lays off 500 people. Right. Housing market wipe hurt, you know. Mm-hmm. Housing market, our business, our individual industries and businesses that we work at, we're on a we're teetering. We're not even teetering at the edge. We are Wiley Coyote, who has crossed the edge but hasn't looked down yet to realize that he's crossed the edge and that gravity because gravity doesn't count until you realize it in those cartoons, right? So. We're right there. I had lunch with the guy yesterday. Yesterday I had lunch with the guy who runs the, uh, the bus system for Warsaw Community Schools. And his indicator for how the economy is doing is how many kids ride the bus. When the buses are low population, economy is good, right? Gas prices aren't too bad, so parents are taking their kids to school, whatever. We all have those little indicators. Mm-hmm. A buddy of mine told me when he drove by Explorer van, that was always his indicator of how the economy was doing. Can I can I hit you guys Hold with on. an indicator? Yeah, no, no, I want to hear your indicator. But we're at a place now where I think there are, I think we're at a place now where there's 15, 20, 30, 40 indicators. Yeah, there's twice as many people going to the food pantry and half as many people donating to the food pantry. Okay, there you go. There you go. How's that for an indicator? Yeah. It's, uh, we're teetering. We're teetering right now. And when you talk about, like, you know, Jason's got, you know, we, we kind of waved from that, but he's got two, three, four, five restaurants. Mm-hmm. And he is not the only restaurateur, especially in, like, the downtown Warsaw area. You know, Dave Gustafson, he's... 
you know, making all these, he's putting in a, an Italian, you know, I think he's putting in like an Italian bakery and another restaurant and another restaurant, right? These are all businesses. Listen, I'm in, I'm in, I'm in uh nonprofit, right? That's a hundred percent. You know, when you're asking people to give, that's right. give to a nonprofit, like that's a thousand, thousand percent based right. on how the economic indicators, you work in the orthopedic industry. Yeah, right. You know, you're on, you know, and then the other side, you know, you're doing the, you're, you're, you're doing the tours on the Tippy River. Yeah. These are all, all of us are dependent on a good economy in those industries. And when one of those has layoffs in a major way, yeah, That's it starts right. to tumble. Am That's I right? right? You know more about this than I do. Am I right? You're, I think you're absolutely right. I think the cascading consequences for um, a major pillar, there's three major pillars in this economy, ortho, agriculture, and water. Mm-hmm. And if any one of those takes a dive in any significant way in this area, Cascading effects are going to be substantial. Yeah. I did a, uh, I sat down this week with uh, Nate Bosch, who runs the Lily Lakes Foundation. Uh, gosh, Jesopete, I should be giving that its proper name. But they estimate the economic impact of the lakes industry is like 313 million. And that is such an underestimate underestimate that that estimation is so under the actual academic the actual economic numbers because that was from the people who f- agreed to fill out this mm-hmm. survey right. right now imagine how many times when you get a phone call from a random number do you answer it every time okay if you're not a maniac like jason how many times from a random number do you answer your phone I never, never, right now. Number. How many people who answer a random number call to their phone? That's a survey and stick around and answer the survey. <laughs> I think I, your logic I, I, is sound. I also do. Okay, so okay, you're part of the per, per, so I, so you're part of that 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 percentage then that leads the lake folks to say that our lakes account for 313 million a year. I look at that number and say it's a billion. If 300 if the people who answered their phones and answered the survey, and maybe maybe they mailed it or whatever, you know what I'm saying. But if the people who answered the survey and they looked at those numbers and no answers and came up with 313 million, then it's a billion. Okay? Because what's not accounted for is, you know, you're working up in Syracuse, you own a gas station, right? And and this is not in those numbers. You own a gas station and the the success of that business allows you to buy a home right. that's not on the lakes necessarily, but you still bought a home, right? And then that that is taxed and whatever. That's not even accounted in that 313 million. Right. So we're talking about a cool billion dollars from the lakes in our community. Oh, uh, yeah, sure. Easy. So when we talk about like your your business is your business is in, is part your businesses four time restaurant tour your businesses are tied into industries in our community. I'm in nonprofit. I'm definitely tied into the success of our economy. Jody's in the orthopedic company, so he's tied in. We're in a period now here in 
early fall 2023 where it feels like we're at a precipice. Oh, I, I agree that we are. I, I, I think we have to make a decision. I think we have to make a decision as, what as is an that economy. Decision? Uh, I, I think we either have to step over the ledge or we have to step back from the ledge. And we, we have to make a decision to be either a small town or a small ci- city. And, and, and we, we have to make that choice. Like right now, right now we are a decently sized small town. And, and are, are we gonna, are we gonna try to compete with something like Valparaiso? Like, I mean, for, for those of you who aren't local, you guys won't understand this, but you know, are we going to try to compete with somebody like, like Valparaiso or are we going to stay in the, in the realm of a Columbia city? Like we, we have to make that choice. Like genuinely we, we, we have, we have the forefront thinkers. We have the industries, we have the lakes, we have, we have so many things that, that could allow us to do incredible things, but we have to take that leap. We have to take that leap. What does that leap entail? Uh, coordination, a lot of coordination and a vision. I, sorry, I didn't mean to no, step I, on your. I, I agree. No, that's no. I'm asking. Yeah, yeah. That's a general question. I what agree. Is that leap? What is no? That I, I, it, it is. It is coordination. It's. It, it's. It's going back to this like whole idea of of working together, like putting a community together, Do, not allowing us to be separated and going, oh, there's Winona and there's downtown or, or, or there's Winona or there's downtown. Like those are two very different statements, right? Like are, are we together or are we separate? Like, is there, is there Hoplor or 110 or is there 110 and Hoplor? Right. And I think, I think that the problem is, is that the people who are making decisions are, have accepted that it's Winona and downtown. And like the biggest growth thing we've got coming is making Winona Avenue the pathway from Winona to downtown. Like a lot of money's coming in, a lot of money's coming in to develop Winona Avenue because people see it as this is, it's Winona Lake and it's downtown Warsaw and that's basically it. And so now what we're going to do is, because right now the problem is, is that you bring those big dollar donors into our community and you want to take them downtown or Winona at, or they're already downtown and you want to take them to Winona Lake. It's a lot of real that happens between downtown and Winona Lake. Like what, what Avenue would you take someone down to right now? As we sit here today, if you're, if you got a big, big dollar investor, Billion dollar kind of guy, billion dollar kind of company, and Easy. they're staying. They're staying at the Z Hotel right now. Mm-hmm. They've been. They've been to your restaurant. Easy. They've seen what downtown. But now you got to get them to Winona Avenue. Which street are you taking them down? Simple. It's. It, it'll be a blindfold and put them in the trunk, <laughs> so that they can't see the route. Right. Yeah. And that's. And that, so we're going to get a lot of money that comes into Winona Avenue if you are buying real estate right now. Buy something on Winona mm-hmm. Avenue. Because it's about you're about to get there's, a lot of money. You're about a, to get a lot of state redevelopment money to make that avenue look pretty. Now, can, can I? This podcast has gone a lot of different directions, so I, I hope you guys have really enjoyed this. Um, why, when you look at us locally from downtown to Winona Village? 
and then Winona Lake. Winona Village is on the the east end of Winona Lake Mm -hmm. relative to where downtown is. Mm -hmm. So the west end of Winona Lake is significantly closer to downtown. Mm -hmm. So if we are so committed to this connection between downtown and Winona Lake, why are we going to the furthest reach of the lake to try to connect ourselves to instead of going to the closest reach? You would think that you would go after low-lying fruit. Well, low-lying fruit is going to be the west end of Winona Lake. And then what will happen is over the next couple of years, you'll progress from the west end of the lake over to the north end of the lake and then back to the east end of the lake. And then now you have a horseshoe yeah. of the lake that's connected. Yeah. But we as a downtown circle can connect to Winona extremely quickly because it's like what four blocks from downtown to the West end of Winona Lake, four blocks. That's it. But it's not the good part of Winona Lake. (laughs) It's only not the good part of Winona Lake because we haven't built it yet. Right. So why don't we try to pitch to moving the fairgrounds. Here's what's here's what's going to happen. Here's what's going to happen. This is this is not this is 100% off the dome. Okay? I no one has verified this with me, no one of importance. Here's what's going to happen. They're going to move 4H to CCAC. They'll build a indoor high-end you know, whatever you got to do for 4H, right? Horse track Whatever I don't I I'm from Alaska. I don't think it's a horse track I think it's like a it's 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 all cockfighting isn't it uh, Yes yeah, yeah I haven't yeah, been in 4H sure. in a while Well I'm from Alaska What do I know about 4H So yeah right for true. sure cockfighting Um no no but they'll move because really what's sustaining the fairgrounds is the 4H stuff that happens there Right It's the 4H fair You know how you know how frequently the 4H operates <clears throat> No Like in in the course of a year. No idea. Do, do, do you know how many days a year that no the idea. 4-H is utilizing the fairgrounds property? No idea. Tell me. Approximately four weeks. It's just for the fair? Four weeks. So 48 weeks out of the year. It just sits there. It just sits there. Well, there's like the who has the loudest car speakers and the... the oh, yeah. So yeah. Can, can I ask a question? Well, dear let me, God, let me, let let me, I want to hear your question, but let me finish Let's not move them. You move 4-H, you build 4-H stuff out by CCAC, right? So that whole thing, that whole piece of the property is now useless, right? Now, I know I've heard things about there's a trust, blah, 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 that can all be overcome. That can all be overcome. I know a few people on the board. Okay, that can all be overcome. That land sells, right? That becomes cap that becomes tax taxable land. They're going to build houses all around that piece. They'll create commercial zones all around it, right? Listen, if you're listening to this episode five, 10 years from now, you're going to look fondly at what the fairgrounds are going to, fairgrounds are gone. They're going to be gone. And Dalton Foundry, they'll move Dalton Foundry it's, they're going to move it. They're going to make it sweet enough. They're going to give them a shovel ready property that they can move the foundry out of Why there. Why wouldn't they? Yeah. So I mean, all that area is going to be gone. All of that area. There are enough, there are enough people at that fundraiser that they use your location for. There are enough people at that fundraiser who have this in mind. 
The idea is that Winona Avenue is going to be the cultural lane from Winona, from Winona Lake to downtown Warsaw. And you know what? You're not going to get a cultural lane with a big foundry. And the, for, all that's going to be... Now, which the interesting piece is you start building a bunch of more houses around Winona Lake, suddenly all those property values suddenly start to drop. And that piece interests me quite a bit because I do feel like we're on a path to a certain extent. We're on a path to being little Detroit. We're going to have a lot of housing. We have government that's trying to answer a housing crisis through government. Markets move much faster than government sure does. If you don't believe me, you've got about four or five real nice townhouses a stone's mm -hmm. throw away from your business that are still sitting empty today. So you think we're going to end up in a housing crash? Oh, I think we're well on the way. We're well on the way. Refinancing market is dead right now. No one's refinancing their house. Oh, yeah. You know, no one's... There are people trying to buy, but no one's trying to sell right now because I could sell my, I've got like my, myself, you know, you and I are neighbors. Mm -hmm. I've got like $80,000 of fake equity in my house right now. I've done nothing to that house, but it's, I wouldn't say it's fake. It's market equity. I, I, if I were you, I'd do, I'd do a, a home refinance no, or I'd no, excuse no. me. I, I would not do a home. Re, I, I would do a home equity loan. I'm not trying to get it tied into that property, though. Okay, we could talk off mic. That's fine. You can give me my financial. You can give me financial advice Sorry. off mic. Okay, so I got a. I, I, I suppose I've got one overarching point that kind of epitomizes why this area is going to become Little Detroit to build off of Chris's point, and then, you know, he said a lot of stuff about just. Cart before the horse crap and a complete lack of macroeconomic appreciation. So I'm going to hit you with three things. Okay. Okay. Little Detroit. The, here's a picture perfect example of why we are going to fail as a county. Okay. So Chris just had dinner, lunch, whatever with Nate Bosch, right? Nate's supposed to be the ecology guy. He's supposed to appreciate the waterways. He's supposed to be protecting the vital and exotic creatures that exist in one of the top 10 rivers in the nation, which mm -hmm. is the Tippy River. But guess what? There's no water going down the Tippy. Why? Because the lock at the watershed, at the, at the lake in Oswego, is all the way up. And they haven't lowered it, which means there's no water. All those endangered mussel species, they're going to die. So I don't want to hear about the DNR complaining about it. I don't want to hear about Nate talking about it because they don't care. And guess what? That water feeds Fulton County. How is Fulton County not up in arms because one of the major suppliers to the Tippy River to Fulton County is not getting any water? So you want to know why this county is going to die? It's because people don't, they're so worried about driving their stupid ass pontoon boats, <laughs> driving their boats around the Tippy Lake that they can't appreciate the downstream effects, literally right. and figuratively. Interesting. Okay? There's farms that thrive on that water. They pump from that water. Farms that provide the th another giant pillar to our community, right? But because somebody wants to drive their pontoon on the lake, they're not going to let the farmers thrive on that water. And it's that level of thinking that is going to be the ultimate ca catastrophe for our county. The other thing is, Chris already alluded to this, the cart before the horse. 
People think that you're going to build houses so people are going to come here. That's not how it works. You have to have a reason for people to be here first. Well, I agree. And if, and it's going to happen, the orthopedic companies lay off because guess what? We're not the orthopedic capital of the world. We're the hip and knee capital of the world. Those are commodities. We have people who machine plastics and metals. They don't make medical technologies here. Those are commodities. This is not the cheapest place to make stuff. I hate to be this guy who keeps harping on this. When the accountants say it's no longer viable for those jobs to be here, they're going to go where it is viable for those jobs to be. And there's no uh, talent base, no infrastructure for the med tech developers. So, yeah, when he's talking about a potential threat, I think he's actually talking about a real threat. Interesting. And the guy who just assumed the role of Brian Hansen at Zimmer, Yvonne Tornos, he's a med tech guy. He realizes innovation dollars are kind of wasted if you go into trying to develop the next curvature on a femur, right? He's going to go more towards robotics and data and smart sensors and all the stuff that's going to be pulling and pushing data in and out of every episode of care and improving efficiencies through the healthcare. I would do the same thing if I was focused on that. That's not here. That's not where this stuff happens. Could government have done anything in the last 12 20 years. I mean, that's, that's okay. sure. Could government, local government have done anything to prevent that in yeah. your opinion as yes. somebody who works in that industry? Yes. Yeah, well, I'll, I'll ask a secondary question. Can government do anything to, to prevent it now? So it becomes a threshold game. It becomes a threshold game. If you make this area ripe for investment, investors come here. And because investors come here, the things that are invested in succeed. And so more investors come here. It's a threshold game. You try to make this area as, um, attractive as possible for investment. In order to do that, you have to have those people who have the um, idea, have the business and wherewithal to build the business. You have to support them. You have to promote the crap out of it. And you have to really, you have to publicize and promote it so that it's that draw. I guarantee you, you bring a billionaire here, he doesn't care what the street looks like. He's looking for, if I'm going to make an investment here, how do I get my money out of that? In a magnitude. That's what they all do. They don't want to just get their investment like they're going to put it in a CD or they're going to put it in a treasury. They want a magnitude back. They, they want a 10x. Yes. And they're not going to get that looking at somebody improving the, the street. Now, if they're going to move here, which they're not going to move here, they might have a house here, whatever. Maybe they would make some sort of... Maybe there would be a consideration for that street if they wanted to live in Winona Lake. But they're, they're going to live in, you know, Missoula or they're going to live, you know, in Hawaii or they're going to live in some other area. Oh, real quick. Sorry, we're going to transition into a game real quick. Which state has the most billionaires living in it? Jason, I'll take it to you. What state has the most billionaires living in it? Dakota, North. North Dakota. Jody? I'm going to say Montana. Jody? Duncan on us. Montana has the most billionaires living in it. Why is that? They know something we don't know. Oh, Jody's the one guy who actually knows the answer. He's taking a quick break. So, I mean, it, it's I mean, it's got to be obviously taxes or, or income or something. There's you know? a lot of bunkers there. Yeah. 
when uh, it was cheap. So Montana. Kind of, so I, I wasn't too far off, but no, you're Dakota. close. You never, Dakota. obviously, a guy who's never been to North Dakota would say that billionaires live there. Well, I, I, I mean, I, I didn't think that it was like, you know, super nice. I just tried no, to figure fine. out like. I, I assume it's got to be it's got to be a tax haven in some capacity. No, That's that probably why. for sure, for sure. So, you know, you asked the question about what can government do, and I, I hope there's a good answer to that. I think the biggest thing is is that like we got a lot of housing going up. Gatke is going to be the Gatke property, which was what like they did asbestos there. Like mm-hmm. that was what they, it was like an asbestos factory or something. Yep. That's that, uh, that's coming down and it's going to be turned into mixed use apartments and commercial. Right. Um, with a food hall, something like that. Yep. Yeah. So, um, good. Hey, great. You know, it's a dead property that's being utilized. I love that. Uh, the the apartments there are going to be market rate apartments, so like a one bedroom apartment is going to be like eleven hundred dollars a month. That's my currently that's my mortgage on a five bedroom home. Right, same town. Right. Um. Yeah, but that but that's that's actually pretty fair considering. Some no, of, the market is what it is. Yeah. The market is what it is. I did not buy my home in this market. Yeah. You know, and so. Um, so we're in a situation where Warsaw has always been, Warsaw Winter Lake has always been an area of have and have nots. There's been a deep striation. I, you, we've talked about this, right? And we've talked about my analogy that, you, that I, I, I got your business's name in my mouth when I use it, right? There's the, uh, there's the 110 Warsaw and the right. uh, Roadhouse Warsaw. Right, right. Um, no, I think that's true of any town. That's not unique to this place. No. No, every town has its, you know, different different places. But if I'm going to be real, real, we got to take better care of the 110s than we do the roadhouse people. Because the 110 people, they're taking care of the roadhouse folks. Like... So when it comes right down to it, everybody wants to be a person of the people, right? When I eventually run for mayor, I'm going to be the mayor of the people. You're going to run for mayor? Yeah, uh, sure. Well, you should do it this year. It's on a post. Yeah, no, against Jeff Gross. Absolutely. Yeah. No, I'd love to step in front of that freight train. Um, if you wanted to do it, we'd win. That's a full out lie. It's a hundred percent lie. No, you can't beat that guy. Um, you know why you can't beat that guy? Can He's a good you? dude. Great dude, a good tremendous dude. human being. But here's the thing, okay? Uh, you know who's taught government at Warsaw High School for the last 30 years? I'll tell you, Jeff Gross. Holy cow. Are you serious? I Out of left field. Up. Yeah, Jeff Gross. So he's been seeding this election for like the last 30 years. That's, that's, that's a long time to seed something. No, he's, he's playing. My, my guy's dedicated to the long I mean, game. you've only what? Kept your seeds in your freezer for how long? Ten, ten, ten. They're not I mean, seeds. They're not seeds. They are embryos. Oh, they're, they're they are embryos. They're, they're seeds, um, seeds plus. Stop it. Sorry. Did you, <laughs> did you guys build out the uh, while I was uh, taking my break? Did you guys build out the reason why the housing market is going to end up in a? We we, uh, speculated. we speculated. We speculated. We speculated. We speculated. We'd love to hear your thoughts. Yeah, we we don't have good answers, but we speculated. Okay. So interest rates obviously is a, a one thing, right? 
Are they, are they high right now? Those people who are buying. Higher. Those, sure. Those people. Listen, you know, asking questions, you know the answer to you silly. Those people who are buying up those houses and eating up that supply to turn them into Airbnbs no longer want to do that because they can't pencil it out. Right. So that is a, that's what we call economic friction. The other thing is that the, there's a limited supply in this country, which is what has driven up the prices for so long. Right. So if you're looking at, I'm going to get the number wrong, but it's some like, you know, 300,000 houses nationally that are available. These, um, these giant um, investment firms, real estate investment firms, um, that are a lot of times um, supplemented or supported by government financing, uh, have inventories that are hundreds of thousands of houses and properties. Okay. Uh, it's no longer because of the um, treasury bond percentage. It's it, they don't care if it's houses or if it's someone you know cracked to kids. They just want to make their money, and as soon as it's more worthwhile for them to take um, a haircut on their housing inventory and move it over to bonds or some sort of FX you know trade strategy, some other way to make money on that um, those dollars they have, they're going to do that. And they're going to liquidate those houses. Those houses hit the market. What ends up happening is now you've got an oversupply relative to the current demand. Sure. So you're going to have an adjustment just because there's more options available for everybody to buy when they're buying those houses. So I do think there's going to be adjustment. I think it's artificially inflated right now because you've had all these investment companies buying. You've got the Black Rocks out there buying up properties, turning them into rental properties. Uh, Why? Because when you've got... Uh, limited supply, and you're able to do that. You're able to charge people, you know, mm-hmm. twelve hundred dollars on a, you know, five hundred square foot apartment or a house or whatever, where the mortgage would have been three hundred dollars. Right. So they're just making bank on that. But now it's no longer that. That's not the play anymore. So they're going to liquidate, and then the property's going to crash. Not crash, but it'll adjust. And for those people who can't. Um, they can't afford to pay for food. They can't afford to pay the taxes. They can't afford to pay the heating bill because everything's gone up so high. And they're living with a $400 cushion in their savings account. And it's all been eaten up by inflation. Now they have to make a desperate play. That desperate play is to sell. So, And they're going to need that money right away. So they're not going to be try, trying to be competitive. They're just going to try to liquidate right. their homes. That level loading is going to cause the prices to come down. There will be an adjustment. That's my prediction. In this area, we think we don't have enough houses, right? We don't think we have enough places to stay because that was built over that time period when we had uh, remediation activities going on at orthopedics. So we had armies and armies of people coming in, renting everything because we had to have an overstock of talent to do paperwork. That's done. Now the companies are laying off. So we not only don't have the contractors here, we don't have the developers here. And so I don't know if you've driven around, but there's a surplus of houses. There's a lot of houses for sale in this area. And there's developments going up and there's townhomes going up and there's $450,000, whatever those are, down on Buffalo Street. Which Still empty. Yeah. Doesn't make any sense to me. I mean, but I'm not. Well, it never did. I never did because, I mean, you, you simply kind of like test the temperature of the community. If you have $500,000 to spend on a home... Are you living on Center Street? Oh, yeah. Center, Center I mean, Lake? That's Excuse exactly me? where I would go. 
looking over the bail bondsman. Yeah, perfect. Jason, stop. Come on. Perfect. Stop. I know it's a quick walk to work for yeah, you. Yeah, he walked to one ten. No, because, I mean, the, first of all, Center Lake. Are you Lake, being real when you say that? You no, would? not even close. Not even, okay. Center, Center, Lake, Center Lake doesn't require motorboats, which is perfect. So not it's not a high traffic, but you know, waterway. Okay. Um, it it, uh, it it smells it smells bad, which is uh, nice. It's a nice touch. So, um, it's more of a feature than a you, bug. You, yeah, you you can't eat the fish out of it. Okay. I mean, I'm sure you could, but you shouldn't. I don't think you should. I could be wrong. So yeah, I mean, why wouldn't you spend five hundred thousand dollars for a three bedroom, three yeah, bath? Didn't didn't quite make sense. Townhome didn't quite make sense. No, you, you know it. it um, It didn't. Uh, I I think it just goes uh, well. And that same developer who developed those homes is now in like up to his neck in litigation from in South Bend for pulling chicanery and general fuckery, and um, and he brought that flavor of business here to Warsaw. And unfortunately, um, our government, the local government at the time, felt that like the whole RFP process, request for proposal, was a nuisance. They just, they had a budget. They found someone who'd say, yeah, I'll do it for that. And boom, we're good. But unfortunately, you know, fast moving government always isn't the answer. Like Uh, it's in in some instances, there needs to be a sussing out process. There needs to be a process in which you put out a proposal and people report a request for proposal and people respond to that. And you have an opportunity to vet those people out to make the absolute best decision. Unfor- there are times when the best decision can't be hap- can't happen at lightning pace. Right. I, th- there's a, there's a theory in business and, and maybe Jody would, would mirror this, but you, you basically have, you have two of three options. You can get it fast. Good. You can get it good. But you can't get it fast. And you get it cheap. Cheap. You can't have. You can't you have, have two out of three. You can have any of those two you want. Right. You just let me know which. Right. And 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 as as simple as that like thought process is, it's extremely accurate. You can have it fast, good, and cheap. You choose which two you want, but you don't get all three. Three three all three doesn't exist. Right. So. Choose the two that you want. And unfortunately, the government in this scenario that you're referencing obviously chose pace and cost. And guess what we got? We got a shit product. And so it's unfortunate. But so, so I, I how think- much how much of this comes from lack of vision? How much of this comes from lack of vision? How much of this comes from we're just going to do things the way we always do? This is actually, this is when you were talking about we have to decide if we want to be a small town Here's, or a small city. This is where I thought you were actually going. I thought you were going to build out a vision. I, thought, I, I, I think that's your argument. We need to have a vision. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Here's what, I think, here's what I think happens. Here's what I think happens, right? You have a local government that says to itself, our constituency are the orthopedic companies. No. Well, hold on, hold on, hold on. Let me, sorry. You have a, cause you have a local government that says our constituency is the orthopedics, right? And then a conversation happens that says we need housing. So when we bring top talent in top talent's not going to live 
in Warsaw. Top talent wants to live in Fort Wayne. Top talent wants to live where higher end properties are available that you do not have in Warsaw proper. So if you want, we want to bring in top talent that will live in Warsaw. You need to provide property. There needs to be property here that top talent would want to live in. And so somebody says, okay, well, we want, we need, we need something that's close to work you know, we'll do because the whole pro, the whole idea was that they would be one of these mixed use things where they would be where you would live in one of these townhouses and there was a market there and there was all this other stuff going on along this one cul-de-sac at Buffalo Street. And so they say, OK, here's what we'll do. This is the vi- and this vision gets promised to them and sold to them by this D- Dave Matthews developer. Right. And he can't he can't deliver on his promise. And so I think that in my opinion, that's what happens. Jason, you disagree? Uh, no, I, I, I don't. I don't disagree. I, I think that there is a current subset of people who are movers and shakers, who are well aware that the, that the hopeful move of trying to satiate the top talent. We've accepted the fact that that's not going to happen. Okay. So what can we go after? Well, we we can go after corporate business being the home of the actual business. We'll allow you to live in Fort Wayne. We'll allow you to live in, in South Bend. And we want you to drive to us. So we, we understand we can't compete on Fort Wayne. We can't compete on South Bend. We can't compete with those amenities. So let's go after what we can compete with. We can go after, and and to your point, you, you made a reference of, of Ivan uh, Tornios, who just took over ZB, and, he, and he's a med tech guy. I, I know for a fact that we have certain people sitting down with him going, what do you need from us in order to keep med tech here? Right, like we know that that knees and hips are commodities. You're right, they are commodities, and eventually, an accountant is going to say, "Hey, mathematically, it doesn't make sense here. You're 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 twenty two dollars an hour here, and you could be fourteen dollars an hour elsewhere." Okay, and 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 that is strictly there. There's no morality behind that. There's no emotion behind that. That is simply one plus one is going to equal four somewhere else. Do you want it? And the answer is going to be yes. So we won't be able to argue with that. But with this other proposal that you were brainstorming, that is not entirely a brainstorm because uh, it's extremely accurate and very consistent with other ideas. Um, that that portion is looking to go after med tech with benefits, promotions, support, knowing that yeah, there, there's a whole subset of individuals that are like, we need to build houses. Then there's a whole nother subset that goes, we need to build social life. Okay, great. Right. Move the wagon wheel downtown, move the. Right. Which, which, which all of those pieces need to exist simultaneously. 100%. But there's one piece that has to like start it. And that is, we just have to create the industry. What are we going to hang hang our hat on next? One hundred percent. And and there there is a group out there right now that is very well aware that all of these like ancillary things are wonderful, 
you know, moving four H and moving Dalton's like, that's all, that's all great. But the reality is that's, that's secondary. That's, that's actually secondary. That's secondary to what we have to do, which is we have to get the med tech companies, whether it's Zimmer and, and they shift, whether it's, it's to Pew and they shift or whether it's somebody new, we have to get the med tech companies here. And then we have to keep their employees here. But we have to get them here first. Who is in charge of that? Who's leading that? All I've seen is facade. It's all facade. It's all facade. Okay. I, 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 devel- I develop medical technologies. Not only do I develop medical technologies, I founded the first med tech company locally. Yeah. Sure. That is an invitation to amass huge amounts of talent. Yeah. So I, who's leading this? Uh, that, that'll be an off, sorry, uh, email listeners. No, and no, you put it on air right now. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> no, but here's the, I think, but I, here's the, here's the problem that I have. The best time to have done that was six years ago. Right. Right. That's, it, it, but not a surprise to anybody involved in this conversation. Right. Right. Six years ago. And, and I, and I agree with you. Unfortunately, this this person was not in the position that they're in now to do so. So the problem is the same problem. If I am a billionaire investor, if I'm Natan out of China and I want to invest in med tech, the first thing I'm going to look at is what's my return on investment. Right. If I'm Sequoia out of the West Coast, Sequoia, they come with all their investors. You get them, you get all the investors coming in and bidding. You have to have that first Vanguard technology. Mm-hmm. How are they even aware of what's going on right now? Well, the 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 answer is they're not. They're not. Yeah. They're, they're not. But I will tell you that there are people in not local government, but state government that are 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 having these conversations going. This isn't just for Warsaw. This has to be for Indiana. Right. Snow's that guy. Uh, the, here's the problem. Here's the problem. That right? I is that who we're talking about? Can I, can, I talk straight, can I talk straight with you guys? Can I be straight with you guys? Anybody who says, I'm going to do this to me in my face and then doesn't do it, and it, I've had the conversation three times, I just don't trust that guy. Well, listen, I mean, a guy that I think we're blessed to have in that role is a guy I've had conversations with him. I've had multiple conversations is a guy like Craig Snow. Craig Snow is a guy who is dedicated to this area, is dedicated to progression in this area. What I love about him in a government role that he's in is that he doesn't need to be in that position to make the impact that he's making. He's, I mean, he has, he has earned enough equity personally, professionally, but he uses, he's using the government, the, the operations of government, the lev he's pulling the right levers in that role to make those things happen. Like he, he brought $30 million into this community. I guarantee he didn't ask for 30. I guarantee he asked for a quarter bill. Now, I don't, that's speculation on my part, but knowing Craig like I do and seeing the things that he does, I guarantee you the, the, the ask was a quarter bill in his first term. He brought 30, and that'll continue to grow. Now, we talk about, here's the thing. Government is, 
a sl- is slow and government is not qui- as move as quick as the market. But when you have the right people there, like a guy like Craig Snow, I think you get the you're get it you're speeding up that process in a in a appropriate manner that brings change. I think we should have Craig on the podcast. Yes. Okay. He won't let's, do it, but no, yeah, that'd be great. Let's get Jim on here. Let's get Craig on here. Jim wants to be Jim I, Banks, Congressman Jim Banks, and Senator. Tell you what. Let's get all the these guys on there. Let's get them go down a river. Sure. How about go down the river? How many times are we going to get that agreement? That never happens. How many, how many times can we get? Let's, you know what? Let's put it out there. Let's have, let's have them come on the show. Love to. I'd I bet, love I, to I bet, talk I to bet, him. I bet you yeah, I, could, I could get Craig to join the show. I would love to it, but you know, let's see. Let's see how. Let's see if it happens. I, but listen, a guy's a willingness or unwillingness to not come on that show isn't an indicator of his ability to do the job effectively. No, no. The ability to do the job is whether or not this turns into a little Detroit. So all the intentions in the world. I think Craig's get, a guy. You get uh, $30 million think, out of a billion dollars offered to the state. If that doesn't turn this whole thing around, okay. We'll, we'll see how he does. But the reality is that the original point of this conversation was, do you have a vision for this area? Or are you just toting the political line and no, I think doing there are what people, you got to do? I think it's a small number. I think it's a very small number, but I think there are guys, and Craig Snow is definitely one of those guys. And listen, I'm, I'm, I have no reason to tout Craig Snow here at this moment. This is completely- Sure sounds like you're touting Craig Snow, I'm just saying. No, I do. I am, but I have no, I have no motivation to do so, you know, outside of the fact that, you know, I have sat down, I have had conversations. I feel like he's, Jason, I mean, you correct me if I'm wrong or not, but I feel like that's who you, that's one of the guys that you're talking about. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Craig Snow is a guy who does, who's not going to get caught up in a lot of the nonsense, the- who touched me in a theater while I'm watching Beetlejuice as I'm vaping kind of nonsense that we see from politicians, Craig Snow, whether Craig Snow was in that position or not, he would be making, Craig Snow gets touched in a theater. We get it on, on YouTube or whatever it was on. And he gets us 200 million or $300 million. I'll take it. <laughs> I think she's done. Lauren yeah, Bobert? She's I, done. She's so hot. She's oh, You tell geez. me you would oh, not Jesus. do the same thing. She's done. No. That was the, the First death day. No, hold on. Come she on. won her hold last on. election by 600 <laughs> votes. That nonsense was enough to sway that very small. If we small can start election. instituting mud wrestling at the political level, I might actually start paying attention Bro, to these I tell idiots. you what. So they're they're all idiots. Let's just, say, come on. something that'll definitely ruin a future political career. Lauren Bobert is the prime example of what happens when a state legalizes marijuana. <laughs> well, okay. Wow. That was beautiful. And, and, and the irony behind it is I'm actually like pro legalization. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm just not pro that. Would you start? Okay, oh, okay, hold on. Where I thought you were going to go on. with this. Oh, this brings up an interesting question for me. I this up. No. This brings up a question. No. Would you like, start doing, hold on, hold on. And in the event that marijuana is legalized in Indiana, would you start doing like 100%. dinner pairings? I, I already have menus. Oh, I love it. Funyuns. Tell me, I'm going to buy four, some. Four, four years ago, I bought a garden in, in Leesburg. Oh, God, dude. I fucking love the, you. The, the, I love the, you the, so the much. Mo- the, moments, the moment it is legal, the moment it is legal in Indiana, we you, you it's like, such right, a like, weird like thing. Currently, it's, currently, right now, I sell a dish on my menu called the stoned duck. 
And it's only called the stone duck because it's paired with a stone fruit salsa. However, and it's just a play on words. But the moment however, it's legal. I love it. Here's, it's such a it. weird thing. It is such a weird thing because I could leave our studio this morning, walk out of here, go half a block up the road, make a right and step into a vape shop mm-hmm. that sells a gummy product or even a vaping product, Delta, whatever, whatever the Delta, whatever that will get you extremely high. Yeah. But it's, I'm, and I would be buying it legally. Yeah. It's crazy. We have crossed the Rubicon here on this whole thing. It's so weird. It's so weird. Well, we're not going to look Kosciuszko County as much as we'd love it to be the Vanguard for marijuana legalization. So I've heard, by the way, I've heard that it'll get me high. I don't know. So that's the whole point of this conversation. Um, the, the whole part of this dialogue was about a vision for this area and, tr- and having meaningful impact to the area. Now, Chris, you brought up a very real threat. I don't think it's crazy. I mean, and I'm okay throwing things out into the ether that are crazy, but your idea of, well... I don't think the ortho companies need to have that many people working there. There's it, it's going to there's potential for layoffs. The cascading effects of those layoffs is very direct to our. We, we're already seeing it. Yes, and we're seeing that, and, and the the precipice for that is retail stores closing. Yes, you know, uh, just this week, why pay retail up on thirty closed its doors. So, so like, and, and, and that's just, and we saw the Dalton, we saw, not, I'm sorry, not Dalton, the uh, R.R. Donnelly or whatever it's called nowadays, they just laid off. That's right. LSC is, is out. They're out. They're out. It's another, it's a huge empty facility. Yeah. Um, Look, these are not, these when, are not when, positive when you, trending <laughs> things that are going on. When you're making massive investments in a bike path, blue way, Greenway thing, and they don't appreciate the, uh, the flow of water down the river. That's a problem. It might as well just be random bike paths because there's no blue way. When the major river stream doesn't have water and there's no, nobody's saying anything. Yeah, no, that's a problem. Yeah, no, I get what you're saying. Like we just put, and I'm sorry, I'm a supporter of it, but we just put th- the government just this week, our local county government just gave $350,000 to the wagon wheel. Great. From, a, from ARP money. So let's talk. That's a, that, no, that's a place that. Let's talk about, let's talk about meaningless. Let's talk about frivolous. Let's talk about uh, just continue the continuity of spending that happens. And then let's talk about meaningful vision. Let's talk about meaningful move forward. If this, let's just go to the extremes and say Zimmer shuts down, Depew shuts down. Jason, okay. where are you at if one of those happens? Right, I, I'm I'm in the bathroom break right now. Yeah, the all okay. the all the businesses that have flourished because of high dollar spending, they're done. So, what is the response? What's the what's the playbook to maintain durability in this county if those that particular industry decides you know what machining plastics and metals isn't where we want to do it here? We're going to. China, we're going to India, we're going to wherever. You got to have a vision. It could be, you got to be the place, this is what 
Jason was alluding to. You got to be the place where you almost have to build a tourism destination thing. Clearly Kosciuszko. We've got a lot Just of lakes. Just the name this week. There's a lot of people who spent a lot of money on a lot of these lakes for their second homes that came to those homes as a refuge. And they don't have to do that anymore. Now they can live at those homes. Can I tell you an, an ironic piece that I've learned over the years, though? Please do. So so we we as K County, we talk about ourselves as like the Lake County, right? Which, 111 lakes. Yeah, 100, 111 lakes. 111 lakes. Unbelievable. Yeah. I married a uh, county, Kosciuszko County queen. And he came so, all the way from Alaska. Yeah. Right. But that's part of the things that she had to know is there are 111 lakes in Kosciuszko yeah. County. So when you when you think about that and you go 111 lakes in, in K County, and then you go, how many lakes are in Warsaw? Okay. So we have we have Winona, uh, me, medium, medium uh, wealth income baseline, yep. right? You have Pike Lake, mm-hmm. below median wealth income lake. You have Center Lake, below, below medium wealth income lake. Uh, I think the most expensive house on on Center Lake is probably like two thirty somewhere in there, maybe, maybe two fifty, and I, I could be wrong, but it's definitely in the two hundreds. Um, outside of that, you've got Hoffman Lake, that's ten minutes outside of of Warsaw. You've got uh, you've got a, a small like pond lake on the south side of Warsaw, which I don't even know what it's Just called. Like, maybe yeah. Just like yep. State Park B. Um, th- then, then you've got Silver Lake. That that's another extremely like low wealth income lake, which is it's it's a fine lake, but it just is what it is. Yep. Um, that's really it in in Warsaw or the immediate surroundings. So, so th- there is a bit of a misnomer, and 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 I'm I'm a Laker person. Like I I, I grew up on Tippy. Like my parents have lived there um, since I was 18. So like I'm a Laker kid. But there is a misnomer when we talk about all of like when when we say the statement you just made, which is we have 111 lakes, and you go in our county. But I will tell you as a restaurant tour of a relatively high end. There are three lakes. High end facility. When we say that we have 111 lakes, we're bundling in Syracuse, Wawasee, and Lake Tippecanoe. But what we fail to, to acknowledge in that exact same statement is that Syracuse, Wawasee, and Tippy are 15 miles away from us, 15 minutes away from us. And there is a nailed it. You no, nailed it. Yeah, no, he no. And there is the uh, the tolerance for people to drive fifteen is minutes extremely is low. Extre- I mean, as low as you could possibly measure. Yes, you, I saw this in my. Per- I saw this. I am a uh, president of a local service club, the Optimist Club. My thoughts and beliefs are now in no way a reflection of the Warsaw Breakfast Optimist Club. You seem very optimistic. But no, this year, this year we moved our meetings from the fairgrounds, the shrine building here at the fairgrounds where it had been for, you know, God knows how long, got a better deal, moved it over to Creighton's Crazy Egg. 
distance is maybe three miles, maybe five from center of town, we probably lost a third of our membership. Maybe not that much. I mean, let's say, let's say a fifth. So it, because of the, because <laughs> driving out that extra five miles or what, so, Chris too was, much to bear. was this your major platform move? Was, no, the, the guy before me made the move. I just, I just adopted it. What? I was just going to say, I, I, I feel like you're going to be blamed. I was 100%. No, absolutely. Uh, this like week is my last me. meeting. This week is my last meeting as president. You're out? That's too bad. It's been a year. Oh, that thanks. Who's taking over? A guy named Charlie Wagner. Hell thank, of a dude. Thank God. Yeah, he's a good dude. Super dude. Super thank God. Maybe it's, I'll start it's not showing so much up. He's, he's oh, really? done. Oh, no, now that I'm gone, you'll start showing up. That's not so right. much he's done, but it's the fact that they're going to show up with torches and pitchforks yeah. as he's walked out. That's good. It's been a good experience. It's been a good experience. No, you're a good dude, Ben. It damn near killed me. Yeah? Yeah, I, mean, I was in the hospital in a coma for three days this year. This wow. Last year. Not very yeah. optimistic. <laughs> Optimism, it is what it is, bro. It happened. You know what's really funny is that even though I was in a coma for three days in the ICU, I still have perfect attendance. <laughs> <laughs> that's, that's, pretty, that's pretty amazing. That is so pretty some guy, amazing. The other day, some guy was like, yeah, man, I can't make it to the meeting. Things, <laughs> things are tough in my life. I, and I said to him, no, I get it. I get it. I was in a medically induced coma for three days, but I still have perfect attendance. However, no, you've got things yeah. going on. No, Absolutely. Dude, you're 65. I get it. This is like a, oh, this guy. So, you know, you get these people. And you know what I really have a problem with, Jason? Naked ambition. Na okay. Just pure ambition, no drive. Are you just oh, saying yeah, this? Yeah, 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 right yeah, now, yeah. I'm not wearing pants. Is that why you're saying this? Hundred percent. Well, no, okay. I, no. I, I, you know, weirdly enough, I enjoy it. That's a whole other conversation we can unpack on next week's episode. No, I, I have a problem with just drive. I will not be here next week. You, you <laughs> you're totally going to be here. Lies. No, I do have a problem with just naked ambition. People who are yeah. you just see someone and they're like. You know, they come to a meeting and they're like, hey, do you have any, they come to one meeting and they're like, hey, do you have any spots on your board? <laughs> That's real, dude. That happens. You know, and it's just like people who are driven by their ambition, but not drop ambition, but no drive. Right. Because it's right, always right. those folks. Who, well, so, I mean, th this, I actually pitched this as like maybe a, a, a chatting topic for this week's uh, podcast, but I think that we need to open a can of worms of how social media is potentially or maybe not potentially like I actually think it is happening but but it it is changing the way that individuals overvalue their 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 self-worth and and, and Main the, character syndrome and, and and this is this is not coming from a guy who is like no, like, I don't think people are worth it. No, I, I think people are worth unbelievable amounts of, of energy and time and, and, and giving and, and taking. Like, but to show up, because like you said, like this guy showed up and was like, hey, do you have a spot on your board? And you're like, bro, you've only showed up to like one, one event. This is not for everybody. I, I, I have wonderful employees and, and we have a wonderful staff. But there have been moments in time where we've had some employees who have literally showed up 
for like a week and they, they, they show up on time for like three days in a row and all of a sudden they go, Hey, am I going to get a raise soon? And it, <laughs> and it, and you kind of look at them and you go, well, why would you deserve a raise? And they were like, oh, it's been a week and I haven't, I haven't been late to a single shift. <laughs> And you look at him and you just think, so in your mind, the bare minimum, you think that completing the expectations that are required of you rewards you more than the original agreement. And the answer is no. Didn't I, didn't I recommend someone to you as an employee that turned out to be a nightmare? It was, it was, it was. It was different. It was a nightmare. Go it, ahead. it was different. Yeah. But I, so I, I, I definitely think that that's, that's a whole episode that we, we could dive into. The person I recommended that turned into a nightmare. Well, no, right. yeah. let's, let's solve our economy issues first. Let's get investment right. dollars coming in. Let's make sure our economy is stable. And then we can circle back with Jason and we can coach him through how to deal with these people. We're gonna, I guarantee you and I are going to have two completely different ways. Oh, for sure. Well, I think here's the thing. And I think the, the elephant that we're facing that we have to try to eat, right, one bite at a time, is that historically this has been a community that if you wanted to work in its most profitable industry, you had to be here. You had to be here. You didn't have an option. Mm -hmm. You had to be here if you wanted to work in this industry. That changed dramatically over the last five years. You don't have to live here anymore. And maybe, and for a certain level, it was always the same. But then, you know, uh, COVID, uh, COVID happens and suddenly remote work is more prevalent and uh, people are more aware of the benefits and the, and the opportunities available to where somebody doesn't have... Now, again, manufacturing is manufacturing, but all of those upper level jobs... You know, where someone had to be here to be in marketing or something else, those upper floor jobs, you don't have to live here to be in those positions. So the, the, the difficulty is you're now having to change a community based on you have, you have to live here. And when we're trying to switch the poles and turn it into a community where you want to live here. Because all of the amenities, when you hear about Warsaw and you hear about this area, it's always, well, it's a great place to raise a family. Mm -hmm. It's a great place for kids. Those are all like your, those are all benefits to a community. Those are all benefits to someone who's committed to living here. I'm committed to living here. So now I need a good place for my kids. I need a good place for them. I need good schools. I need those schools parks. Mm -hmm. All of those amenities are, I've chosen to live and grow roots here. And those are the great, those are great things in this community, but those are not attractive move here because things. And that's, that's what we're attempting to do. Those are the things that Jody talks about on this show all the time. It's that pole shift of how do you change this place into I want to move here, not I have to move here. Right. I, 
diving into that, I, I actually would would go almost a, a little bit of a step further in if you like I, I think I think as as a response, yeah, that is how our our small economy needs to respond. However, when you when you look at a company, and and you say you know they're they're allowed to uh, operate the same way that they are, but have their people live in Fort Wayne, and and there is going to come a time where it doesn't matter if it's a town like Warsaw, or a town like Fort Wayne, or a town like South Bend, or Chicago, or Indy, where if a business is going to operate inside of that city and not be an economic upside to the city and be and be strictly a parasite on the city you take up you take up space you don't bring any economic value you don't bring housing you don't bring uh weekend ex- expense credit cards if you don't bring the, and, and this is going to lead me back to like this capitalist conversation where we all have to play ball. Otherwise, the system doesn't work. Like, like we've built a system that requires everybody to show up, put their jersey on and go out on the court and go, that's your role. That's your role. That's my role. That's my role. Right. So I can't have a restaurant if I don't have corporate credit cards and I can't have a restaurant if I don't have local support and and but then you don't have eateries if you don't eat out and you don't have, you know, and, and you don't have waterways if you don't support them. So it it, it becomes a, a very like connected universe. And, and I guess where I'm going with that is, yes, we have the fear that the company has the choice to not force their people to come. But eventually, and and post post uh, pandemic, we've had this conversation with a lot of businesses where they go, maybe I don't need to have my employees in the office. There is going to come a time where the businesses realize that if they do not bring an economic impact to the community, it won't matter what community they're deciding to not bring an economic impact to. So whether or not Zimmer wants to leave Warsaw, the next city isn't going to incentivize them to come unless they go, we're going to bring our freaking people indoors. So you're already here. So are you going to go to another city and then have that argument with them and go, well, if you give us X, Y, and Z, we'll force our people back. No, you got to move your entire freaking industry. It's a lot easier to go to the city and go, guys, what can you do to keep my people here? Well, here's the problem with that argument. And then I, I appreciate that. It's a good economic argument. <clears throat> um, there's a, it's an accounting game. The rate of depreciation and capitalization of equipment and the hourly rate of the employees equals a certain amount for the margin of the product that you make. Okay. So if I go to China, there's no regulatory issues, Right. I can set up my shop. They basically have the shop. I just bring my equipment in and I just need to have quality managers. Those people actually work for a couple dollars an hour versus $30 an hour. The rate of input 
what we would call burden on that product is so much lower that I can actually sell that product world because here's the dirty secret. Um, Zimmer doesn't sell their implant for the same price around the world. Right, right, right. Right. If the people in this country knew what they sold, you know, for example, India, the implant for, or China, they would have buyer's remorse. And they don't even know what the price of the implant is from street to street, from hospital to hospital. Right, right, right. Pricing transparency is the biggest threat to the medical device industry when it comes to implants. The second they know what the price is per implant, it's going to be a nightmare. I was a sales rep for five years. I mean, like like every every hospital I walked into is a different price. 100%. So the reality is you want to make money at every point. The cheapest point, you want to be able to sell this in Malaysia and make a margin, right? Or otherwise, you wouldn't sell it in Malaysia. So they want to make it at that lowest price point. That's not going to be here. So they're going to, the accounts are going to do their game. And you're absolutely right. We can offer tax abatements. We can offer, we can look at the halo effect of that, em, that employee base on the econ, local economy. But at the end of the day, what they're going to be looking at is when I sell this thing, what am I going to get right. from the sale? And there's no number. There's no math. There's no way you can process that because I can spend $100,000 on a machine, but you amortize that over however many implants they sell. It's cents. It's, it's pennies on the implant right. when it's sold. So it seems like a lot up front, but the tax abatements aren't enough. And I get it. I'm not, this isn't a judgment of me on the orthopedic companies. I'm not trying to say it's unpatriotic. It's very capitalistic. So then how, how do we keep them here? Good, goodwill and morality? No. The game isn't. <laughs> Excellent the, restaurants. The game, the game isn't try, trying to keep an antiquated system. The game is to try to pivot to understand the landscape. So you're, you're evolving the business, the, the economy so that those businesses thrive on the next thing that that company needs. So they're not competing on implants, but they're competing on med tech. So build med tech. If it, right on the heels of that's going to be data. Compete on data. Bring, bring some Hadoop service. They've got a great, uh, Rich Carlton put, a, put together a great business up north, and I talked to him about um, what they've got going on. That's, that's all financial. They're, they're overwhelmed with dealing with Whirlpool and these big companies and financial data, but they do want to have a play in med. But it it takes more than just me, right? It takes people who have ears and can picture the evolving landscape to say, okay, you know what? Maybe the next play is having a server farm. Maybe the next play is having the next Hadoop server farm down here. And we offer those privileged access services at a premium to companies that are really hyper-focused on HIPAA-controlled data, mm-hmm. right? Maybe it's the next med tech. Maybe it's sensor-based stuff. Maybe it's maybe it's have, being open to have those conversations, make those investments, and not try to cling to what worked for 30 years that is obviously commoditized. I mean, I'm not... This has happened in industry for the life of industry. I'm not... Speaking out of turn here, everybody right. knows stuff right. goes to commodity. This is right, how right. it works. Right. Sure, right. It's not like I'm trying to convince people of something that doesn't naturally happen in industry. I'm just saying it's happening 
Now, it's already happened. Mm -hmm. Why is everybody acting like it's not going to happen? No, it it, it happens. It's it's currently happening. It happens, people. Sorry. This is how it it works. It's happening because it's scary, right? Like, it's scary to people to realize just how fragile and how weak the the foundations of their lives are, right? So because, you know, the people who, you know, they're not, not just, you know, who don't have, well, I got to move to another town because this one didn't work out, right? But the people who are, you know, for lack of better, you know, are involved here, are stuck here, right? They can't imagine the idea that this all goes away, right? So they tell themselves, well, you know, Zimmer Biomet has too much invested in this town. I talked to a guy who said, no, they couldn't move this town because the, the temperature here is perfect, <laughs> No, 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 this was his argument. This was his argument. The temperature here is perfect. And if you moved, if you moved manufacturing to a warmer weather region, you can't manufacture because it's too nice outside and people wouldn't show up to work. This was his reasoning. And and that's and that is that is solvent, that is solved to somebody who's who can't recognize the fact of how much of a precipice they're on. Mm-hmm. Right? Right. So they say they they come up with, no 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 you know uh, ZB has too much money invested into this community and the facilities and the equipment and everything else. Meanwhile, there is a really nice jet that sat at our airport for five years, hundred twenty five hundred fifty million dollar jet that sat at our airport for five years. In the event that the CEO wanted to come to Warsaw. That jet sat there in the event that he wanted to come from Connecticut to Warsaw. That's all. It, it just sat there. $125 million sitting in a hangar. If that company can put $125 million sitting in a hangar in the event that the CEO who doesn't live here might want to visit, do you think that the equal amount of dollars invested in the community in terms of buildings and equipment, do you think it matters? It doesn't matter a rip does not we are a as you said an accountant's decision and a board vote away from it all going away which is why i go back to like the morality um so like for, fortunately and uh shout out to Ivan. um we we have a really good relationship with him uh as as a business and uh but you, you know and 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 i hate i hate to feel like there's so much of like Warsaw's economic survival is literally on the shoulders of like one guy. If 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 Ivan wakes up tomorrow morning and just goes, you know what? Screw it. I don't drive anymore. He, he he's not making his a decision for Zimmer. He's making a decision for Warsaw. You know, I I I, I have 10 years in my business. You you have you have 20 years in 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 the, I mean, I, I'm assuming at least. Absolutely. Uh, you, you know, uh, like he's he's not making a decision on Zimmer. He's making a decision on the impact of everything inside of Warsaw, and and I think that that's why it's so important where where we can't allow it to become in an uh, accountant situation. We we the the, the only thing, I, I mean, because if we do, we'll lose. Well, how do you change that? I, I, I know this is going to sound like shitty, like all shitty. 
I think you have to keep it in a, in a, in a moral conversation because at the end of the day, we are human and we make decisions every single day, every single day we make decisions based on both factual and logical thoughts as well as emotional thoughts. Okay. You're talking from an individual standpoint, but this is a, so two different things like locally people who live here. Absolutely. Shop local, know your neighbor, build a community. When you're talking to the CEO of Zimmer, there's no moral conversation. He can tell you it's a moral conversation all day long. It's not going to be a moral conversation. It's going to be an accountant's conversation. There's no point where you convince Yvonne to keep Zimmer here and he keeps Zimmer here. I hope that's not what you're thinking. Uh, there, there's a hopeless romantic side of me. Yeah. That that wants that. I gotta tell you, that's never gonna happen. Yeah. Well, I mean, we are in a we are in a better situation having a localized leader in that company than what we than his predecessor. Fair. I'm not saying that it's a, it's a slam dunk home run touchdown, but you're in a better position when the leader is more localized than someone who completely lives operates in another state. I think this guy is. He's got the same attachment to this area as Hanson did. Uh, I, I, I can, I can tell you that it's, it's more, I, 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 I can, I can tell you this. Yvonne has my personal number. Okay. I've known Brian Hansen for four years or whatever it is. Brian doesn't recognize me. Okay. I've had, I've had, now listen, you're in, you're, you're in the industry. Okay. So we're not trying, I don't think either one of us is trying to, I want to hear it. I want to hear all sides. Tell me your thoughts. uh, I've had conversations with both. Again, I feel silly again, because I'm coming up against a guy who's neck deep in the industry with you. Okay. So God, I sound like a child. The vibe I get when I talk to those guys and the the contents of the conversation, I feel better about where we stand today than I did two, three years ago with Hanson. Okay. I mean, I'll give you guys I can't believe I just said the vibe. I, I will I'm, give it everybody's got their life. everybody's got their right, own right. own, you know. I feel more confident in our position than I did with previous leaders. Everybody's got their own way to come to this conversation and assess it based on their interactions. I've got no reason to believe there's any different strategy that was put in place right. five years ago. Well, and, and, and nor should you because, you know, based on a, on a strictly business capitalistic decision-making, it's, it's not emotional. It's, it's strictly numbers. You want a raise? We don't have money for a raise. Well, I'm going to leave if you don't if you don't give me a raise. Okay, that's right. Like I, I mean, like like that. That's that's how the book is written, right? Like you just go e- either either I'm going to pay you or I'm not going to pay you. And the only way that I'm going to evaluate whether or not I am going to give you the raise is whether or not it's more expensive to not give you the raise. Like like that. That's that's the only that's the only that's the that's the like. I wish employees understood how to run businesses because they would understand how to negotiate so much better. <laughs> right. <laughs> right. Like if don't come in and ask me for a raise, explain to me how it'd be more expensive for me not to give you a raise. 
Because if it's more expensive for me to not give you a raise, guess what? I'm going to give you a raise. Like, like that's, that's how it works. Right. So this is, this is my argument to you guys. Um, So he might on a personal relationship standpoint, you know, whatever, he might give you a better vibe. I can't believe I said that out loud. From a, I hate myself. <laughs> from a number standpoint, I think the numbers drive the business. Of course it does. Yeah. I think Naturally. the personal relationship side helps him navigate the community better. If that makes any sense. No, it does. No, it does. It does for it sure. It does. And like I said, I, I hate it. I hate that I couldn't give you better quantification on why I feel better, but you know, you talk to people and you, you know, and in the end, those are people making those decisions. And, you know, a guy who has some investment in the community making those decisions from versus a guy who had no connection at all to the community making those decisions, you know, you like, do you love the chances? No. Do you like them better than you did before? Yes. Well, and you're talking to a, you're talking to somebody who gets reports from inside the business where this guy is a get it done at all costs kind of a guy. He'll burn bridges inside the business for all the people underneath him to get the business done, which tells me a lot more about who he is as a person than his outside the business relationships locally. That makes way more. That makes a lot of sense. Yeah. Makes a lot so of sense. this, this is what, this is how we can, we can wrap is, uh, I think at the end of the day, I think those of us in Warsaw, that are are trying to make a difference, trying to figure out the progression. I think we need to think outside the box about what low-laying fruit we have not been going after because we didn't have to go after it. Uh, A prime example, and this is just one example of a multitude, uh, last night was Friday night dinner service. Last night we, we, we had good numbers, we were busy. I bet you 60% of my customer base last night, maybe maybe 40%, maybe 60 is too high. Let's say 40% of my customer base last night. You know why they were in town? Take a wild guess. Ortho-related work. It's a good guess, but wrong. Thank you. Uh, they wanted to yell at the Republicans? Also a good guess, No. Not as good as my guess, though, right? I mean, let's just be real. Notre Dame, O State game. Okay. They're going to Notre Dame, Ohio State. They're staying here. They're in town. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. So now, most of them weren't staying here. They're on their way to. Mo- most of them were staying in Plymouth, Culver, Bremen, just slightly south of South Bend. Yeah. So Warsaw's just on the outskirts, where right now we're not, we're not marketing to the 40,000 people that travel to South Bend every Saturday afternoon for a home game. Our hotels aren't filled up with those humans. But those people are staying in a shitty hotel in Culver and then driving 40 minutes to me to have dinner because we look like the only thing on the internet, excuse me, on the internet that meets their standard of looks like Friday anything. night dinner. Right. Yeah. So uh, to, to, to the point, I think there are options out here for our economy to survive and function and function well. 
but we have been so blind to looking at them because we just didn't need to look at them. Sure. We, we, we had, we had a beautiful girl laying in our bed. Like, why would we go to the bar? You know, it, it's, it's like, no, Z Zimmer, Biomet, Depew, they're all here. Why would we look elsewhere? But the reality is, is you got to have something on the back burner. You got to look. Yeah. You got to be ready. And, and, and I, and I think that we need to be ready. And I think it could be a multitude of things. Yeah. And for those of you who read the, um, more layman version of that story, it's called who moved my cheese. Yeah, exactly. Who moved my cheese. So there's your book. There's your book. Guys. There's your book. Yeah. There's your book. That's there's a great book. book. I've actually read that one. I've it's short. That one it's too. less than a hundred pages. I've read, I've read that too. So maybe that's what we'll talk about. Listen, this has been, uh, it's been our longest episode. Maybe our best. I want to give a special shout out to two time guests. I feel like that number is only going to grow. Jason Brown, go check him out. One ten metery. One of the other. One of the four he's got cooking up. Uh, pizza so parlor coming up. Uh, Artisan Market and uh, Costa Rican seafood restaurant on Lake Tipicanoo. So hot. Check us out. So hot. He's Jason. I'm Chris. Jody. We are the Freedom Cats. Meow. Meow.